Hey guys, brand new podcast, and this is one I've been wanting to do for a really long time. My guest today is Whitney Cummings. Whitney, if you don't know, is a absolute savage in the comedy business. Sold her own show, Whitney, to NBC, I think NBC. Sold another show to CBS, Girls. Two Broke Girls. Two Broke Girls. She's the showrunner for Roseanne. She just had a movie that come out that I watched, Mind of the Female Brain, and I've known her forever. We get We got reconnected recently in a very awkward kind of manner. We talk about that on the podcast. Um, but I but I absolutely love Whitney. I, I don't know anyone in the business that doesn't love Whitney. It's so funny. We talk about this on the podcast, but we talk about how she did not grow up super wealthy or successful. And I, I've been thinking. It's been stuck in my fucking brain since we. She said that. I say this one thing. I, I can't imagine you poor. And she was like, "Are you serious?" And it's so funny. I guess most people that are successful, most of them were poor at some point. But it's hard to imagine like a poor Joe Rogan. Like I remember poor Tom Segura. Yeah. I remember poor Tom Segura. Like I really remember that. Um, but anyway, it's a fantastic podcast. There's a there's a moment in this podcast where it gets a tad bit on <laughs> just awkward. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm a really bad interviewer. Um, well, why? What happened? I make a joke about abortion. Uh and uh, Whitney reveals she had an abortion uh, when she was 15. Oh. And, uh, and then I, I think my joke stops pretty abruptly. And yeah. the bit I'm working on. And I said to Whitney I was going to read an excerpt of her book. I was going to read it on the podcast. But I'm not a very good out loud reader. And it, it, it is, it was, that's not the right chapter for me to read out loud. I will promise you that. But I want you to get her book. Here, she talks about this. But I'm only saying this to promote this book. This book is revealing as fuck. It is what a true memoir of, of a comic. Brilliant writer. Jesus sorry, Christ. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Headgear. Um, a brilliant writer, a brilliant comic, a, a just a, a real brilliant mind. Whitney's a real brilliant person. Yeah. I liked her. And she's she's amazing. She is absolutely amazing. And she, we, she hung out after the podcast and we talked about business stuff. She was so useful just to talk through stuff with. Yeah. So I want to promote her book and I want you to get her book and I, and I want you to read it yourself and I want you to buy it this summer and sit on a beach with it and read it. And if you got daughters, read it. I'm reading it for as an insight to like, this is the, uh, the mind of a successful woman. A really successful, uber motivated, driven, powerful woman, and she has lived a very regular, interesting, bizarre, just as battered and bruised as all of us. The name of her book is called "I'm Fine and Lies." I tell and other myself lies. And, and other lies. I'm fine and other lies. We're gonna put a link in the podcast description so you can click and buy it on Amazon. Buy it for your wife. Buy it for your. Buy it for yourself if you're a guy. Buy it for your daughter. But I think it's an important read. She explains why it didn't go. <laughs> it, re- it got released the day of the... She talks about it. it it's, it's an interesting story. I'm not going to spoil this podcast. I want you to listen to the whole podcast. But she's awesome. I'll do a little short intro at the very end. I also want to thank my sponsors, Beachbody. I am fat as fuck, everybody. I'm very comfortable saying... Whoa, Leanne. The look on your face is making me uncomfortable. Well, I, I don't know if I would say I'm fat. you're fat as fuck. You are working on a triathlon. I am working on a triathlon, but I'm I, I'm I'm killing it. But it's so funny, the guy I'm training for for the triathlon where, where, with yeah works at Beachbody. No way. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean no way? 
I didn't remember that. Yeah. And so. Oh, you, oh who you're training. I thought you yeah. meant your trainer. Yeah. I've sorry. No, my trainer's yeah. uh, the, not. The other, your friend. But Beachbody is a fantastic app. And, and on my off days, I do Beachbody. I come in the man cave. I've got it on my phone. Beachbody, if you don't know Beachbody On Demand, it's an easy to use streaming service that gives you instant access to a huge variety of super effective workouts. And you can all do, I do them in my man cave. Leanne does them. All, uh, in the in the between the room. living room and dining room, I do them kind of yeah. In the dining. worst place to do them. No, it's it's nice big open space right there. Leanne does twenty one day fix. Mm -hmm. They've got a ton of them. They've got uh, twenty one day fix, insanity, P ninety X, Brazilian butt lift, Pio, hip hop abs, three week yoga retreat, insanity. They've got everything on this fuck. It is the biggest platform. I sat next to a guy on a plane that uh, worked for for P ninety X, and he was like. I said, he goes, what do you do? I said, what do you do? He goes, I work for P90X. I went, I love P90X. He went, really? And he didn't know that they were a sponsor. I was like, bro, they got all the brands. It's a super wide, like I pitched, I did, like I did on the podcast. Yeah. And he was like, dude, this is exactly what I'm saying. Like he got so excited. And then he listened. To, I told him that I, they were a sponsor and he listened to the podcast. He goes, I love your read. Uh -huh. It's because I really do the shit. I don't do, I don't fuck with shit. I don't love. Right. That's the truth. And I'm telling you, I got another sponsor I'm about to fucking suck dick on. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. But P90X, I absolutely love... Or uh, not P90X, Beachbody On Demand, I absolutely love this service. You can get it on your phone. You can save a workout on your phone. I do Beastbody. Beastbody, I think it's called. I don't know. It's the dude. Beast up. Beast up, bro. Uh, it's fucking awesome. You can The workouts are as short as 10 minutes. You don't need extra equipment. It's all the rudimentary workout stuff. And if you're on the road like I am, you can do it in a hotel room. You can download it, work out, and do the fucking... I do a 30-minute workout. It's absolutely fantastic. It's the biggest supporting community with over a million people currently on Beachbody In Demand. And you right now are going to get the deal of a fucking lifetime. Absolutely for free. My listeners can try, try it absolutely for free. All you got to do is text 303030 to text BERT to 303030. Text BERT to 303030. I want you to try this because I'm not even joking. 21 Day Fix changed Leanne's life. It's the reason she is where she is today. She started doing that. She started her podcast and everything kind of clicked. And she says to me now, I can do 21 Day Fix. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes it's the smallest change that means the biggest thing. Like if you want, like having muscles means you'll live longer. It does. It just does. Yeah. It it's does. better for your entire system. So just grab what I do is I have, a, I have a pair of twenties, a pair of thirties, and I just go in and I do the and I have a I have a V one of those V shaped bars and a straight bar, and I got just rudimentary weights, and it it, it will change your life. And so I right, just have a yoga mat. Leanne has a yoga mat and a pair of fives. And a pair of sevens. And a pair of sevens. That's all you need. That's all you need. No, actually, I have sevens and tens now. I've graduated. Whoa, that's why your arms are so yoked. Yoked. I want you to try this service. Keep me up to date. Let me know the workouts you're doing. And let me know uh, if you're enjoying it as much as we are. Right now, my listeners get a free free membership trial when you text BERT to 303030. That's BERT, B-E-R-T to 303030. You will get full access to this entire platform for free. All the workouts, the nutritional information, the support, all of it, totally free. Just text BERT to 303030, B-E-R-T to 3030. This podcast is also brought to you by... 
my new favorite shirt shorts, Bird Dog. These are fucking fantastic. I'm gonna tell you why. Sometimes when I wear, ba- I like to I like to put on a bathing suit, and these are more than bathing suits. These are workout pants. These are bathing suits. These are walk around Universal City Walk pants. These are just cool pants. They're stretchy. Like I like a good stretchy pants because they don't feel constricting. Some bathing suits are constricting, mm-hmm. and and so once you put them on, you're like, oh, I can go swimming in them, but that's it. I'm done for the day. I can't hop on a bike. I'm training for a triathlon, and these are perfect for triathlon training. Really, these are so awesome. Nike tried to do a version of what they do. They've got this real silky. Like inseam, uh, almost like, almost like, uh, not boxer shorts, but like athletic briefs. That's not an inseam, though. The inseam is it's not somebody, an inseam. You, you, uh, it's don't insole. confuse your listener. Like a, it's like a panties on the inside. Like <laughs> they've got panties on the inside. It's a liner. It's like a soft, silky. Like, they're liner. like almost like bike bike shorts. Like bike shorts yeah, underneath, but they're attached. I bought a pair of Nike pants. Not that I shouldn't. And you can't see the bike shorts. Like the shorts on the outside are longer than the bike shorts on the inside. Yeah, I, I bought a pair of Nike ones that I, f- I had this, and I thought I would like it, and I fucking hated them. Really? I hated them because Nike they Nike just they just did it wrong. Bird Dog does it right. Mm. I'm telling you, I've been walking around in these pants, and my balls have been saying, "Thank you, damn, we're having a good time today." They've <laughs> been saying, "Thank you." This for is the what support. we're talking about, B man. And sometimes, if I wear bathing suits all day, like I'll go, I'll have a straight up pool day where I'm in the pool, out of the pool, and then the pants will dry, and I'm like, "Fuck it, I'll take it to the take." We went to your general, went to Universal. Sometimes, because of the way bathing suits are made now, my dick, the tip of my dick, gets rubbed raw. Oh my god! <laughs> and there's no way to avoid that other than putting on underwear with your bathing suit. No one, look, if I'm going to change out, but I'm out of the bathing suit for the day. But I don't like being out of the bathing suit for the day. I like being into the bathing suit for the day. And these are perfect. You get in the pool. I was in the pool. I missed my conference call with them today. You did? I swear to God. I got out of the pool. And as I'm talking to them, I'm walking outside and my pants are already dry. By the way, I was, I was on the call uh, 17 minutes later. And my pants were already dry. That's crazy. These pants. What about fucking, the liners? Were they dry too? Dude, the liners. Were they dry too? Oh yeah, yeah. Everything yeah, was dry. Everything yeah, yeah. Everything dry. was dry. It's. I'm telling you, these are the super super. These pants dry faster than bathing suits, in my opinion. They're fucking phenomenal. I'll tell you right now, if you're a size, I'm a size 38, 40. You get the double XLs. Tom Segura will not be able to fit into these. Uh, just know that. Why? Because he's a size 46. So no, like, he is not. He looks like he I'm kept his weight I'm just telling you, do the sizing. If you normally get XL, I get normally get XL. I went double XL. Uh, I think 34 to 36 is XL. Just check the sizing and check the inseams. I got the long inseams, but I'm going in and I'm going to buy. They've got a ton of fucking varieties. Like a ton of different colors, all got cool names. I was gonna get the Russian meddlers, but uh, but I, I but I I thought I was only getting one pair, so I just picked the ones I like the color the best. Yeah, I forgot which one I got, uh, and then I got stars and stripes. I got they ended up sending me two, but I talked to them today. I'm gonna go in and buy a bunch because they're super fucking comfortable. That's what I'm all about. Summer, putting on a pair of a bathing suit in the morning, being in and out of the pool, working out, grilling out, and then at the end of the day, getting out of the bathing suit at the very end of the night, going, I didn't shower once. Oh my goodness. These will be on me in any Instagram picture you see. I will be wearing bird dogs for the next two weeks. All I'm gonna be is at the beach and at the lake. I am 
Trust me. These are my fucking. You're bird dogging it. The, I am bird dogging it. Elastic waistbands, so it's nice. I've been really into elastic waistbands lately. Have you? I have. Oh, interesting. Anyway, that's that's my pitch for them. I'll tell you the stuff they want you to say. Uh, the pockets and places where you don't think you need pockets. They've got a wallet pocket, a cell phone pocket. So funny. <laughs> In my last pair of bathing suits I had, it had a it had only one pocket. And it was a weird side pocket, which was great for my cell phone, but that was it. This has that weird side pocket, which is great for my cell phone, but it also has two pockets, so I could wear them all day long. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. Here's what I want you to do. Go to birddog.com. B-I-R-D-D-O-G. But all day long, I've been going, just bird dogging these hoes. <laughs> just bird dogging these hoes. Here's what you do. Go to birddogs.com and enter the promo code BIRDCAST, and they'll throw in a free dad hat. The hats are sick. They're basically 50 bucks, so you're basically getting free 50 bucks right now. Go to birddogs.com and enter the promo code BIRDCAST. That's birddogs.com to get your free hat Trust me, you're not taking these things off. I want them to make long because I'm a little. I'm going to be a little bummed out in the winter. I want them to make long pants with with the with, with the bike I want them shorts to, inside. I want them to and the inseams. I'm going to get. I'm thinking about getting some short ones. Some oh. da, they're they're called Dan Bilzerians. Uh huh. Dan Bilzerian wears the shortest pants. Who is like, that? He's a guy that I follow on Twitter or in Instagram. Well, he's like a uh, he's like a scientist. And he wears short shorts. Yeah, he's you know, he's a scientist, but he does like takes his shirt off and does science. Oh, is he the machine? Machinist. Ooh, wait for it, everybody. Machinist. No, hold on, they're laughing in their cars. We're gonna uh, let whatever. the laugh catch up. It was up a leantic. It was a leantic. <laughs> now they're laughing. <laughs> Go to birddogs.com. Check out these shorts. I want them to make long pants. I really do. That's well. Just put your request in. Yeah, I want them to make long pants because these are so comfortable. They're stretchy too. That's awesome. This podcast is also brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring is a challenge. There's one place where you can go where hiring is absolutely fucking simple, smart, and fast. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates, and that is ZipRecruiter.com slash BirdCast. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top, spotlights the top candidates so you'll never miss out on a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of the employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate in, through the site within the first day. With results like these, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. If you're looking for a job, if you're looking for an employee, this is where you need to be. And right now, my listeners can get can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free at this exclusive web dress. The web dress? ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T. ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sitting through my reads and the conversation with my wife. If you really enjoy the conversation with my wife, check out her podcast, Aww, Wife of the Party. That's sweet. She just had a guy who, uh, I know his email address. Do you call him uh, by his name? We call him Old Iron Fist. Old Iron Fist. His, his 
his email address is hilarious because I know he listens to Rogan. But the fact <laughs> that he listens to Liam too is hilarious. And she did a pod. He wrote a, a letter that I kind of I kind of listened to. I was like, whoa. Well, talk about that on the podcast, and they did. It's, this week's podcast is pretty. Last week's podcast is pretty good. Um, is sex part duh? Sex part duh. 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 You know, like hot shots part duh. Hot part shot duh. Uh, um, <laughs> and everyone, check out open tabs uh, this week. It's going to be a little delayed. I apologize. I am in Cleveland. Uh, the day we're supposed to do open tabs. So Halston's flying out to Cleveland to come get the media, and it'll be posted Friday. Hmm? Uh, it'll be posted That's Friday. not true at it'll all? It'll be posted Friday. Uh, okay, it'll be posted at some point. It'll be posted. <laughs> uh, thank you to all my sponsors. Thank you to all my sponsors. I'm going to go jump in the pool after this. Are you? Yep. I'm going to order pizza. So I'm we're not going to go party tonight? I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay. We got to, I don't know. We have to pack. Our kids have to pack. Sandy just called. Hold on. Um, guys, the podcast is going to start any second now. And by the way, I actually know what you mean when you go, God damn it, Bert, 30 minute read. Because the other day, I like, I was listening to Marin today and in my car, I was like, get through his ads. And I was like, I was like, fuck Marin. Come on, man. Get to the guy. I know. He pontificates a lot. I like it me. though. If you're into, if you're on a plane uh, and drinking, it's sometimes, fun to sometimes, to. sometimes I'm like, ah, okay. Enough um, of the soapbox. Ne- I've been a Marin fan box. since day when, day one. Day when? Day when. Day who? Yo, what's up? Yo, what's up, Sandy? Oh, maybe I shouldn't say her last name. Damn. Hey, uh, delete her yeah. last name out. Hey, we're on the podcast. Are we partying? Are we? Yeah. Well, your wife, uh, I don't know. Do you have food? Yeah, we're getting pizza. You want pizza? We're going to go eat pizza. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, I'll call you in two seconds. I'm going to wrap up this podcast. I'll call you back. Okay, bye. All right, bye. Um, All right. So that is it. I hope you guys have... Oh, by the way, I'm in... Uh, uh, let me tell you some tour dates real quick while this podcast is about to start. I'm in Cleveland. I think all those shows are sold out. 18th and ni- 19th and 20th. I'm hosting Roverfest. The f- 2nd, 3rd, 4th of August, I'm in Houston. The 16th, 17th, 18th of August, I'm in Columbus. The 23rd, 24th, 25th of August, I am in Irvine. Something big's happening on the 24th. I don't want to know what it is. The 31st, 1st, of September, I'm in Oxnard along as the second, and then that's it. Uh, that's Kansas City, so much other club. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, today's podcast guest, stand-up comedian, showrunner, author, director, filmmaker, actress, all-around badass, the super fi- trifecta threat, Whitney Cummings. Um, wait, is there any part of you when you, we're, we're rolling right now, by okay. the way, is there any part of you when you see this, like this, like legit, like, I, I want to say I'm almost too much a dad. <laughs> like, cause you, like I have the hot, I have the hot dog and the donut floaty and the basketball hoop. I don't believe in that. Feel free to move this anywhere you want. Thank you. There's no such thing as too much dad. As someone that had an absentee father. <laughs> you know, I, I have so many questions about the, oh. the, the like, I've known you, I've known you for... 
and definitely as long as George has been alive. How long have you been doing stand-up? Uh, th- this, I was thinking about this on the way over. I feel like I've known you forever, but yeah. we don't know each other like super well. Right, 100%. I feel like there... How's the AC sound? Well, then turn it off and we'll turn it on if we need to. If we need to, yeah. Yeah, turn it off and we'll turn it on if we need to. Like, I feel like if you needed an organ, I'd give you one, but I don't know your middle name. (laughs) You wouldn't want any of my organs. (laughs) No, I said I'd give you one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm good on yours. Thank you, thank you. I'd rather go on the... I don't think anyone's taking mine. (laughs) I'd rather go on the dark web. It's Bert's heart, huh? Yeah. Wow. How many months do we have on this? <laughs> no, I felt like that. Looks like silly putty. It's a weird part of this business is you do feel like you know people. Yeah. And then, and then you sometimes you'll take liberties with them. And I think that's how we reconnected. Yeah, Is true. I posted a picture of you for the Jumbotron so at LAX. But it was, or at, uh, at the Coliseum. Yeah. But it was because I was sitting next to Tony Hernandez and Lily, which you, two people you had worked with. Yeah. And, uh. And you, we were going on Instagram trying to see my picture come up, and it was a picture of you and a horse. And we started laughing at the idea. Of, and I'm embarrassed about the way that I re- reacted. Oh. I, well, no, because I have these friends in Chicago that are obsessed with you, and you were so kind as to make a birthday or a Father's Day video for them. Oh, They're yeah. so obsessed with you, and they texted me and were like, hey, you know, Birch just posted something of you, and I just, I've been... I don't know and this is something I need to work on but I'm just so insecure that about comics and no. making fun of me and then you know look and I did the roast I've made fun of people I do it too you yeah. know but it was a little bit of like the default was I just assumed that I was being made fun of yes. and I know you though and I'm like that's not Bert like no, that's not, not who. and I texted Rogan and I was like is this and he's like there's no way there's absolutely no way he's yeah. being and then it's I just not, it's not my personality but more importantly what what bummed me out was that it was so funny I could not <laughs> stop laughing about it Good. and that I immediately thought everyone would find it as easy <laughs> equally as funny as I did yeah. because the concept was we were I if you use LA Rams or uh, Mob Squad in a hashtag, hashtag at a Rams game yeah. it goes up on the Jumbotron I love that and so then <laughs> so then I did it I was did it I do it all the time I'm yeah. obsessed with it and I'm be, and the more likes you get the more it, it'll go to it, the top it'll go to the top and it always gets played and so I have I have pictures from the first season that are still getting played. Oh, that's so And so funny. my goal is to be all over that fucking thing. <laughs> and so I'm doing with my buddy Tony, and we were a little buzzed, and and Lily, who's even 10 times funnier than Tony, his wife, <laughs> was like, oh my God, and your picture came, I scrolled, trying to like refreshed, and your picture came up. She goes, oh my God, I didn't know Whitney's at the Rams game, because it was a picture of you and your horse. Yeah. <laughs> and I started laughing, oh my God, what if we put this, what if we just reposted <laughs> so it? Funny. And so I, I didn't even repost it, I screen grabbed it right. and posted it, and then said, uh, oh, so cool to see, having a great time at the Rams game with my horse or whatever, hashtag mob squad. <laughs> and then I was like, j- I was jittery. I was like <laughs> excited, like looking up going, oh, when's it going up? When's it going up? When's it going up? And it goes, I think it went up once and someone goes, who the fuck brings their horse to a game? <laughs> and the person with them goes, no, obviously it's one of the cops horses. And they were like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then That's we, so and, funny. and so we, uh, but it, we could not stop fucking laughing. And then obviously, <laughs> and then I'm like, Hey, uh, it melted are down. Are you mad at me? <laughs> I was at Steve-O's house and I got a, t- I think I got a direct message from you, but I never look at those. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh my, and then you feel horrible. Cause by the way, I have a, I have something in me that I don't realize it is, but I have a bully mechanism where I, I will say things mm. for the moment to get a laugh yeah. and I don't realize it's compromising yeah. people's feelings. Yeah. I do that a lot. Well, here's the thing with comics. Sometimes it's not with real humans. With it, comics, it's even more so. 
interesting especially with me because i'm not that guy like i'll do it it happens more with lay people with me that's fascinating like one time a friend came over and she was wearing um (laughs) i still giggle about this but Um, a a white and navy blue pinstripe dress and it just looked like a new york yankee i mean it was identical to a new york yankees uniform identical and as she opened the door, she goes, hey, everybody. I go, playing third base for the New York Yankees. Uh, and she, I, you don't realize that I just ruined her day. If you did that to me, I would think it was funny, though. Yeah, but then all day that it's like that Charlie Murphy story, that dress was just burning in her skin. Like, yes, yes, it was. Uh, but she feels mocked. I mean, I've learned this the hard way. I think there's definitely sort of different echelons of people you can mess with. I think when I started comedy, like everyone was so mean to me. Guys, that's back yeah. when you could be mean to women and you weren't worried you'd be a hashtag and your life would be over. <laughs> I, you know, I missed that. I, only because I was married. So I do my set, get drunk, go home. Yeah. So like I never really, I never right. talked to women. This isn't I a never, big loss for you. Yeah, I never talked to women, nor did I care. Yeah. I was always more supportive in like that. Like, I don't know. I've always thought, I've always thought women were are funny. I never, like, I never really saw the difference. Like you, Eliza, uh, Amy, Nikki, um, fucking Chelsea Handler mm-hmm. made me laugh harder than anyone's ever made me laugh. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought she was amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and so I never really caught the like well it's bulliness. not even so much about being funny or not like there's plenty of funny women there's pl- i'm sure women that aren't funny there's plenty of funny guys and there's guys that aren't funny like i hope there's both of yeah. ev- you know like there should be women that aren't funny out there that actually might be more progress yeah. like someone who's not funny like trying to get funny you know like um but uh but i was i mean it was the time of the comedy store when it was like so i mean it was like people were i mean ari shafir and i have talked about it since but he would like steal my backpack when i went on stage yeah. and like hide it and like you know i would go on stage and already I was going on at 1.30 in the morning in front of five people. And then, you know, someone would come and be like, hey, does anyone drive a red Civic? Like during my set, like the parking lot, it's parked in the park. And I'm like, all right, like the amount of hazing that went on, when I, which I'm actually super grateful for because it helped me develop like a thick skin. But I had to be so rough. Yeah. And I think sometimes I forget, like, I think those days are kind of over where we all pretend like nothing hurts our feelings. Oh, it's not over for guys. Real, but I just uh, feel yeah. like vulnerability is kind of starting to be in, like the ability to say, yeah. like, dude, too far, you know? I wish. Yeah, really? You don't feel like you can if someone hurts your feelings? No. If I hurt your feelings, would you just... I'd say something to you. You? Oh, because... Yeah, I'd say something to you because I, like, like I would never say something to any of my friends. Like, like if Rogan hurt no, your feelings. No, I would feelings. never tell Rogan he hurt my fucking feelings. <laughs> Hey man, you hurt my feelings. Hey man, ow. <laughs> That's a what comical. You, can we, can just, you please? D- oh. Can we? I would love to prank him somehow by no, just. No, no, no. What if you're like, no. hey dude, a couple of years ago you made that comment oh. about my calves? And it I just. Can, it, it I know you can too. I can visualize the look on his face looking at his phone. Like, standing yeah, over the I, I want to wait. I, we can't do it until I, we're filming him. We have to see yeah. his, his live reaction. If uh, next time, next time you're with him. Yeah. And you're, it's you and him after you're doing a podcast, text me and go send the text now and I'll, I'll pre-write the text We're, this and I'll is share happening. it with you and then I will send it, but you have to videotape him. But it's crazy because he's the nicest guy. You he's know the nicest I mean? guy, but he, like he's, he's, he's a ball breaker. Tom's a ball breaker. Ari's a ball breaker. I'm a ball yeah, breaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's no, like there's not a lot of room. So what hurts your feelings? Oh my God. We're not talking about this. No. Oh, this is a bad idea. Oh my God. I'm in therapy about <laughs> hey, this right now. I, hey, uh, trolls, let's just make sure that you hit him right where it Jesus. hurts. That's what we're doing right like now. it it uh because there's some like if someone's like you you fucking look old like that doesn't bother me for some reason like there's certain things i don't know if i've just gotten desensitized to it or i you know have come to a point where i don't but it's what hurts interesting. my feelings is uh there's a bunch of people that don't know exactly 
uh, what I'm talking about is when you're talking to someone and you're being even, and then you realize very quickly they've never looked at you as an equal. They look, they've always looked down at you. And then you go, and then I, I'm the thing I'm working on is to shut my mouth and listen. <laughs> and so, like, I was talking to someone who was doing a Netflix special, and uh, we were talking, and then, and at one point, I said, "That's really cool." Oh, I think I shoot mine whenever, you know, like right around then. And they're like, "You have a Netflix special?" And then I went, "Yeah." First of all, in my as head, as if I was like, thousands of comics don't. First of all, yeah. and you're well, one should, of I, 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 yeah, I guess. And then you're one of the most popular comics. Oh, but and then I went, yeah. And they're like, "Wait, who? Wait, hold on. How did did you shoot it already? And you sold it to them?" And I went, "No." Like all the stuff that's inside with us, and they're like, "Wait, you're doing a Netflix original?" And I went, "Yeah." And they're like, wait, where are you shooting? Like, almost like, wait, what the fuck? And then that's what hurts my like feelings. Like, I must be mistaken? Yeah, because then you go, hold on. I've actually been really nice to you. I, you're my, I've always thought you are my friend. And now I'm talking to you and I realize you never, you, look, you were friends with me because you looked down on me. And if I may, that person just looks silly because anybody who's actually in comedy knows that you're... I think some people are so self-involved. That's right, that they don't even know. They don't even know what they're saying to you. And, and I was talking to Rory Scovel about this because... And he was like, he was like, that's amazing. But I think that, that that's what hurts your, my feelings the most is when you, when you realize you've been nice to someone, you've been their friend, yeah. and they've never really been your friend. Yeah. They've actually only used you for the person they can talk to when you're at the store. Yeah. And you're like, wait, I, I've actually... Like yeah, I, 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 like or someone who is only your friend when you are, or they perceive you're beneath them, and then when you start to get close, they see you as a competitor, and then all of a sudden they're just like not nice anymore. There's a lot of that that I try to stay out of, and I, th I think that's part of the thing of like I don't go to the store every night. Yeah, I don't go to. Uh, I, I took. I mean, I took a year off. You took a year off. Yeah. I wanna, that's what I want to talk about the most is like oh. your career. I think is probably the. One of the one of the most envied careers. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I think with all guy or girl, I, I don't mean. I, by the way, I don't. I, I'm. I, I'm not saying this because I'm fucking progressive. I I'm know. Not, I, I, but I, I don't look at you as a female comic. By the way, okay. Thank you. I don't you. look at you as like. I'm just. I just look at you as a comic. That's really. That's so, the greatest compliment I can get. I don't look at Crystalie as a male comic. Yeah. I look at. You I look just, at him as a black female comic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like I. But like. Um, your career was one that I think everyone goes like, and I don't think you'll ever see it from where you sit. I remember Ari telling me like, I said something about being on Travel Channel. I go, Who, no one wants my job. And he goes, bro, everyone would love your job. Everyone would love a job for that's one. Right, that's right. Not only that, but one that travels you around the world. And I went, oh, I never that's thought that. That's right, yeah. But you went from, you created Two Broke Girls. With Michael Patrick King. And then, and created, did we, I want to get back to the beginning. Okay. I want to talk about the first pitch meeting you had yeah where you walked in yeah and you went I'm in, I'm in the pocket yeah and I can do this oh wait hold on you want me to I got another thing yeah oh I got I got this yeah great yeah I, I'm sitting in casting sessions yeah I want to know from the progression of like like 3 a.m. spots at the store are yeah. you still in your backpack we got a red <laughs> civic to like to like yeah to like I'm gonna yeah. take a year off from comedy I'm gonna work I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do, I'm gonna make a movie right like, I I'm curious of that those steps there's definitely steps but i think there's also like a, a little bit of a messy haphazardness to it which i'll try to get right i mean i think for me what what i i started doing the roasts so that was the first thing i did that anybody cared about i was a writer on the roasts and then i made a tape of roasting i want to say steve tish 
who you know steve tish he no. is it the red sox or the giants he's like one of the co-owners of the giants but he's a movie producer okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. tish school of the arts in yep, new york yep, yep. like there was some charity roast that was like michael strahan was there and like brett ratner was there back when brett ratner existed um and uh and i did like a charity roast and we filmed it just on a little camera like like, I had a, like you got an offer hey do you want to do this and or it did was, you i can't did you go like get me on that it was a no Tom Arnold weirdly asked me to do it because he knew that I wrote on the roasts yeah and he's and like couldn't get anybody you know I think I asked Dove Davidoff to do it he did it Dom Herrera did it it was like in the basement of the Hilton or something and yeah. we recorded it and they gave it to Comedy Central saying like can I get on the roasts as a roaster because I was yeah. just a writer at the time See, that's something that you have that immediately like I always joke about the Mickey Mantle gene my wife jokes about the Oprah gene but there is a like a Whitney gene that I believe in that I believe in and I believe you have to have that that like is like the i'm ready for this i i can do this i can do this competently let me show you how good i am or i don't even know if i'm ready but i'm gonna i'm gonna get ready i'm gonna i'm ready i'm ready to see if i can fly yeah right just yeah. push me out i got the, i i have that like i i get that with everything else with comedy i think most of the time i feel like i'm competent in what I do, yeah. I'll put me on anything, I'll do fine. But that's only because I've done it for so, so fucking long. So long, it's second nature. But like, to I you. know what you're saying. Like, put me in the game. They're put me, like, put me in, coach. But there's also an element of like, I'm so hungry and poor that like yeah. I need that. like I don't really have a choice right now like I don't have time to get good I no, just I can't imagine you poor like I, like I know you I know that that's so funny for real yes and I could be poor again I pay for my entire family and none of them have health insurance I mean it's like a nightmare um, and then I also smoke weed and go on uh, Kickstarter and give money to dog surgeries and I wake up the next morning and I'm like there's a thousand dollars but uh, I yeah no I was hustling hard when I when you probably first met me I was get making money from doing focus groups I would go to focus groups and take weird pills and use weird products uh, to, and get paid $50 cash I would sell clothes at Buffalo Exchange for money and I like that's how I got money that's that's what two broke girls like it's based on like all the experience of being broke that's mind-numbing R- why even, that's so like, interesting because it remember, feels so recent to me I remember running into you at the Hollywood Improv on the worst night I've ever had doing comedy in my entire life why I was, I, I'm glad you don't remember it let's it not just, even bring it it was just up. not a good it was the Ian Bag show when Ian used to do the Ian Bag show and I went I on to a that. drunken spiral about making a joke about uh, the first joke I don't even gonna say them because I guess I don't even know if you can make jokes like this anymore the j- joke was uh, I ran it you ever run into the same stranger twice in a day <laughs> I ran into the same Asian lady 15 times today like she was everywhere she was at the grocery store like, she, did she did my nails she did and and everyone just frowned at it they were like whoa and this was 10 years ago this is probably 13 years this is the night I on did on an Ian Bag show this is the night I, it was a dead audience and and uh, a big pocket of Asians in the corner that I did not acknowledge I, I, uh, and it was the night I did the Byron Allen uh, the Comics Unleashed yeah Comics Unleashed com- comedy in front of a fish tank yeah and I killed on that and I was like feeling hot and I'm like here we go here we go one of my favorite things oh. ever one time this was way before Seth Meyers was on uh, SNL at the time, but I, he was with Neil Brennan at Coffee Bean, and I ran into him before he, you know, was Seth Meyers. Yeah. And we were talking about Byron Allen. For some reason, in those days, he came up all the time, and I'm weirdly obsessed with Byron Allen. And um, he said that they were almost going to do a sketch on SNL that was a parody of Comics Unleashed, where the Byron Allen character kept giving the comics the wrong setups. Because, <laughs> you know, that was the whole point. He'd give you your setup, and it was always so specific. He'd be like, so you just broke your leg ski in the Alps. And then you do your joke. Yep. But if you gave that to anyone else, <laughs> like it just it's just such a ridiculous idea, but I just always 
always thought this that would... to me was, so Bert, I heard you fought a black guy. And I went, <laughs> yep, here we go. That's the bit I'm telling. Is that truly the setup? Oh, yeah, yeah there's a set. I heard you fought a black guy. I did. He looked a lot like you. And then I just went on to my joke. Yeah, Byron Allen. What? Um, That's so wait, amazing. So, yeah, because I can't. He's amazing. I, Honestly, just bought the Weather Channel. Like, I can't ever imagine Chelsea Handler poor. I can't imagine. Like, I knew Chelsea when she was a waitress. You know, it's. Yeah. I mean, I guess she had a book deal at the time, but yeah, I, I, I can. It's so, crazy. So, okay, poor. You start writing on the roast. You start do the writing roast. on the roast. I do the roast. And I, whose the first roast one, did you do? You know what's interesting? I got. I was supposed to do the Larry the Cable Guy one, but then they said, "Never mind. Actually, you can't do this one. I don't know why." So I thought I was going to get that one, then I didn't because I think it's important when people think I'm successful. Like, there's for every one good thing that happened to me, there were like 50 rejections. So I always feel the need to. That's. I think a lot of what people don't ever see is all the rejections that happened. Oh, I had before I sold uh, uh, Two Burke Girls and the NBC show. I mean, I had like six pilots that didn't go. Yeah. That didn't even get ordered. Comedy Central. I had one for Comedy Central, which to this day I think is the best thing I've ever written. Not only did they not pick it up, they didn't even tell me they didn't pick it up. They didn't even call me to tell me. I was in Montreal and I ran into like Jim Jeffries, who was like, "Oh, I'm sorry about your show." And I was like, "What?" He's like, "Oh, well, they told me they're picking it up." And I'm like, "Well, they didn't tell me." <laughs> like this zero respect, <laughs> zero. You know, so it's like there's so many things that did that not. Does, I, by the way, that ha- I, that happened a lot back in the day. It seems like yeah, where like you'd find out a show was canceled like three weeks after they had canceled it. You're like no one thought about just saying to me hey yeah. is oh i love your pre-production brain me i can't help this i'm worried this is gonna be a sound issue no so have to do it okay okay i think i got it is that better yes um but so so then writing on the roast what roast did you do i did the first roast i did was joan rivers yeah, which uh, is a good fit. That was a, it, which was crazy. I mean, it, this was, but this was back when you could say the most outrageous Horrific. shit, yeah. and the roast was a place where you got to hear things that you would never hear and say things that no one's allowed to say. They're doing a roast soon, and I'm so interested to see how it's Bruce going. Willis. Bruce Willis. Yep. Yeah, I just I, had Nikki on the other day. Yeah. And Nikki oh, yeah, is too. like, Nikki's like, I'm fucking ready, like I'm ready. But I feel like in order has she to, done one before? She, I think she has. Okay. But I think that I think that what one of the things to do to stand out in a race roast is you gotta really bring the shit that no one expects to hear. That's right. That's right. That's right. And then you have to all of the. I mean, it also depends on where you are in the lineup. So if you're going really? third, you're in the sweet spot and you're fine. You know. And now that Geraldo's yeah. not there anymore, it's they seem so weird to me because I did them back when Geraldo did them, and yeah. like the way that he warmed up the crowd and like broke everybody was like the idea of doing it without him just feels so bizarre well, I gotta be honest with you I looked at the lineup for the Bruce Willis joke uh, roast and I oh, I think if I'm not mistaken Nikki's, Geraldo's on it no yeah <laughs> I think Nikki's the only comic on it I did hear something about that that's like so it's just celebrities that's so interesting it's like Joseph Gordon-Levitt Joseph Gordon-Levitt three names a lot of three name actors I mean that goes a couple ways I mean like I remember after doing the roast speaking of getting your feelings hurt like I used to just be in a ball I mean Lampanelli and I both just like crying really you know yeah because it's like I mean for me I think it's just it's tricky because would you rather be made of fun of for things that are true or aren't true you know like I would get you're a whore you suck dick to get ahead like like if I had done that maybe it would have hurt my feelings less but that's like the one thing I worked so hard to make sure that I never dated you got, you got you don't have I don't I don't know one rumor about you the, but in the beginning everybody kind of like made fun of me and said, <laughs> it's just fucking I, I have to do this it's like a, it's a mental is it is, is it that's better okay okay, okay. okay so now good, I'm not good. moving because it's, it's all I'm thinking about now we I did we did uh, we did uh, we did something's burning together and you 
you have the same brain I have. Mine is less. Mine's a lot less because, um, but I, I am very cognizant walking into a production of yeah. how it's being shot, where we're, what we're doing, shooting of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit of, I'm what you would call difficult to work with. Really? Yeah. But I you would never that. see that. You would never see that. But I guarantee you any director or producer who's ever worked with me. I don't know why wanting something to be good means you're difficult to work. I'm just like, I don't want to have to come back and reshoot this. I'm yeah. not being difficult. I just, this is going to be a sound problem. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, so who was, was it? It was Geraldo. It, it was Geraldo. It was Jeff Ross. It was all those guys. But like, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I, I loved doing them, but I doing it now, I think I would be too scared, honestly. Like, you know, I yeah. would be, because everything was racist and sexist and come on your face and whore and black stereotypes, Asians. I mean, that's what you did there. Yeah, that so, was what, yeah, they were the most aggressive jokes you could ever hear. That's right. So it's like, I'm curious if in today's climate where everyone has to walk on eggshells around everything and everything's a fucking lawsuit i mean pam anderson was gonna sue me because i implied that she had aids and you know that was back then yeah i did a joke that was pretty rough it was like um (laughs) i mean i I know the setup kind of and it sounds pretty aggressive it was like it's not even a joke it's actually one of the jokes it's just a statement i I think you have aids and pam anderson's here pretty sure she has aids anyway (laughs) tommy's laughing he's got it you know what i'm talking about kid rock I love jokes like that uh, that are just set all punchline, no setup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, just subtext. But it was, um, it was, uh, Pam. It's not even a joke, which is, I think, part of the reason I loved it. It just made me laugh. It was like, Pam, you've had sex with Tommy Lee, Kid Rock. Who's the other one? Tommy Lee, Kid Rock, and Brett Michaels. Yeah. Tommy Lee, Kid Mo- Rock, and Brett Michaels. Why don't you just save yourself some time and go drink a vat of Magic Johnson's blood? <laughs> like, it wasn't even a joke. Yeah. It was just like a suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Like, Bam. A, like a way for it to save time. Oh. I got Those are when trouble. the roasts... So, and those are when the roasts broke a career. That's right. They were like what I feel like The Tonight Show used to be. Like, I want to say you... I want to say you, you and Amy probably are the yeah, two... Yeah, yeah predecessors of like i think you probably first and then amy yeah and then it's like oh do the roast and you get famous right 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 if you're a woman that's right if you're a man it kind of fucking puts you in shackles for the rest of your life that is such a fascinating observation yeah because i I mean i look at all those guys that are good i mean i'm not saying that jeff doesn't have a beautiful career yeah but it jeff and greg almost got put on there yes but you know what's interesting about greg and he said something that was really powerful i remember one time on the red carpet because every year we would make fun i mean greg was one of my favorite comics like he just killed me so smart and uh and every year we'd hit him you never do tv you don't do any movies you're a loser this is all you ever do and some you know reporter was asking him about it and he said something really profound and kind of poignant he said uh when did it become so embarrassing to just be a comedian for a living uh yeah and I was like, fucking, it's the hardest thing. Yeah. And you do the hardest thing. And everyone's like, why aren't you in movies? Why don't you have a TV show? It's, he's like, I do the hardest thing. That's, I think that's why m- most of us, and when I say us, I mean like 45, four, like 40 year old dudes who could be bitter. Yeah. All love Chappelle. That's why we all love Chappelle. Because yeah. he put the stake the claim back in, hey, just be a comic. I'm just, just a stand-up. Just be the funnest, funniest fucking yep. guy. That's all you got to do. Rogan, same thing. Yeah, Rogan, that's right. same thing. That's now, right. here's, a, here's a problem I will say, <laughs> is that there's nothing wrong if we want to turn the AC on. We no, I, it's not. It's only that. And yeah. Just so you know, yeah. my, my face is melting off. So okay. I'm just trying to get the eyeliner off so it doesn't look like I'm crying at your monologue. <laughs> the thing is, is it's not, it's okay to have other aspirations in this mm-hmm. business. 
And so like that's where I'm at now. But you're not a failure if you're not in every movie that comes out. I don't. I don't. I, by the way, I've, I've, I'm not saying this out loud. I don't. I'm not wishing this to be. Like I. I don't really care to spend a month shooting a movie for no money. We were just talking about it the other day. I've just like. If it's not going to move the needle in some way or be a blast or you're going to work with somebody that you're dying to work with, like, yeah. what, dude, keep doing this. I wrote a book and uh, and it's a good book. Yeah. And Has I think cu- because you- that was the thing that was supposed to happen. Yeah. Is that you do this, you do, do the book, book comes out, next thing you know, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And uh, book didn't do anything and didn't move the needle. People like it. People yeah. liked it a lot. But it's, we'll also have more lives. So I had a book come out last year. I had worked. How long did you write yours? Six months? A year? Yeah. A Literally a year. I mean, yeah. I had carpal tunnel. Like I had to go to a chiropractor. Like it was a nightmare how hard I worked on it. I'm doing all this press. I'm doing press for a month. And it came out the day of the Vegas shooting. In- Wait, what was the name of your book? I'm fine and other lies. Yeah, yeah. I saw And yeah. it's like about struggles with addiction and eating disorders and codependency and all this sort of stuff that I thought was going to be really cool and groundbreaking. It comes out the day of the Vegas shooting. I can't do any press. I can't even post about it because it's just in bad taste. I feel <laughs> hey, ta- guys. I, hey, guys. I realize there's 45 people that won't be buying this book. However, if you're one of the unshot. <laughs> hey, country fans, need a laugh? Oh. <laughs> like, I, there was no way. So it was just kind of like wah, wah. So it's like this thing that had been, I'd been building up to for a year all of a sudden is just like this major bummer same thing with movies you cannot promise that it's gonna you know what be, comes out that week what pops that week you don't know what's on the news that week what's going on no one cares about anything except the news right now like that's like that's yeah. it you know if you but, don't move the needle that's like part of me goes uh spend your time doing this shit like I, when i had a deal that was kind of falling apart when i was doing the weight loss challenge with tom Mm-hmm. And, oh, right. my, and my managers and agents call my wife and they're like, hey, Bert needs to be focusing on this fucking deal because it's going to fall apart. It's, they're not going to make it. Yeah. And she went to me and I was like, I don't really give a fuck about the project and I don't think anyone else will like it yeah. and I don't really care. And I yeah. and I go and I'm really interested in this. And it was a TV show? Yeah. And yeah. a sitcom. And so I, I yeah. was like, fuck it. I just, it just didn't, it wasn't happening. I right. didn't. And by the way, the people doing it with me were at on the exact same page I was on. Yeah. They're like, we don't like the writers. Tony Hernandez. Oh yeah, I love yeah, Tony. I, I've developed He's with so Tony smart. fucking three times now. Yeah, but and and so and every time we get to the place where we go, yeah. I don't know. Like Tony and I'm, by the way, I've known Tony since. We were children. Like, but, but he's let me one of my ask you a question. Friends. It's like if you're making a sitcom, you're having a half an hour of content coming out once a week, either 13 weeks in a row or 24 weeks in a row if you yeah. hit the lottery lottery. Yeah. What you do here is your fans get two hours of you unfiltered mm-hmm. with no other ancillary characters they, they don't give a shit about who are just sort of like, you know, why would they choose that if they can get your authentic self here I every think, week? I think part, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my thing. Um, I want, I have always been very, very honest with everyone in that I want to shoot and it's not the right time, but I want to shoot a multi-cam on blackface. In blackface. This is not the time, but I feel like the storm is going to pass. I said to Ali Sadiq on a podcast one time, I go, remember when you could wear blackface and no one got upset? And he goes, no. And I go, and there was a time, there was a time in the eighties where like our cheerleading group in the 1880s, no, in the 1980s, (laughs) our cheer, I swear to God, our cheerleading squad for our football team put on Sir Mix a lot in blackface. I swear to God, there's a picture on fucking Facebook. I swear to God. People were upset. There was just no comments (laughs) back then. They were upset in their homes. Oh, it was so anyway. Uh, but yeah, 
yeah, no, I want to do I want to do a multicam. I yeah. want to do a multicam only Big because I want to go to CBS Radford right. every day. I yep. want to jog over there, ride my bike yep. over there. I want to see better. everyone. I want to hang out. I want to get in the writer's room. I want to tell you about my weekend. Awesome. Here's an idea I have. All awesome. right, great. Great. Uh, I As want, you should. Yeah. I think that that is, would be amazing for you because there's an audience and you can improvise and you can be you and you can do your thing. I think it's also a way to introduce me to new people. Yes. Um, yeah. I think my, I think once again, move the needle, it's it do stand up, yeah. uh, do a special no. and then have all these things. But no one, none of your fans want to see you play, disappear into a role. No one, they no one cares. You. That's so fucking No one accurate. gives a shit. People want to see, I think it would be cool as a, as, as a fan, right? Yeah. As a fan of other people. I think it would be cool if I made a sitcom where the things you heard about on this podcast, mm-hmm. you then saw yes. like a little, like people always say to no, me. No, but that's a great episode is we yeah. dressed up in blackface in the eighties and it's yeah. framed in the thing and people come like, that's a great episode. That's yeah. a great a story for an episode. Um, so we, so get me. So you do the roast, you feel the pop. Uh, I, th- I don't, I think so. Um, yeah, they and I got a special out of that. They gave me a deal. A Netflix, that was, uh, uh, Comedy Central. Comedy Central. I think it was two d- doing two more roasts and a stand, an hour special. And this was after I did not get live at Gotham, which was a hundred and forty comics or something. I drove out to Irvine and did five minutes like ten times in a row, and they would not book me. They would not book me. Wow. And uh, so then I was like, great. Like they wanted to give me a half hour, and I was like, an hour. That's the only thing. So I, I that was the first time I felt like I had a modicum of leverage to say like, fuck you. Yeah. Like you guys rejected me before about something, and I remember. And <laughs> mommy's not happy. Yeah. Um, so sometimes like. And it made me realize in retrospect that loss, something that was like really embarrassing and I felt like it was crushing to me, I use that as currency later to get something better. You know, so yeah. now when something bad happens or I have a loss, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna use this in a couple of years like that. So that was like That's a great smart. lesson. Cause I think if you get too much too fast and stuff that you don't deserve, it's just gonna implode at some point. So I'm I'm grateful for all those little failures, even though I really hurt at the time. Um and then I had written a pilot. Um, I met Crystalia at the store and we were buddies and he was kind of one of the only people that was like nice to me and like it, we got along and he's yeah. crazy he's still Chris you yeah. know and he's like on his phone and he's you know he was married at the time you know like yeah wait is that new that's not a secret I it's not a secret okay I've never heard this you didn't know Chris was married no or, really I'm being dead serious that's so funny that makes me like him so much more I was just talking to someone about they were saying something about Crystalia. yeah it was a girl it was a really hot girl yeah it was Nikki Glaser. Oh, <laughs> and she was saying something about Crystal Lee, and I said, "Oh, the thing that would." She goes, "I just think he's sexy. I don't know. There's just something about him." Like, uh, she, and by the way, I'm, I, this might have been off air, I, off camera. Was this on? Okay, on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but and what's so, the difference yeah. at this point? But I said one of the coolest things about Chris is like I watch videos of him and his brother and his dad fucking breaking balls, and I go, "You'd love being in their family." Like, oh, I mean, the best. His, I, and then you find mom, out stuff like he's been married. You're his like, mom is he, like I'm obsessed with his mom. Like his dad makes pasta by hand like makes homemade pasta i can't i can't it's too it's too on the nose it's too broad what you would say in a sitcom writing room like it would never happen in real life wait we know each other no we've never met before no that's a lie i broke him do i just know you you're famous from his instagram maybe but um but then i had written a pilot because i was definitely from my i put instagram stories i put that you're on the okay i know you from the gram um is what the kids say but i actually and this is i've actually never admitted this before uh this is embarrassing i would write spec pilots on my own during the days as and before i was going up because i was going up at the comedy store at one in the morning so i'd spend all day i would read pilots and then write down like what they did like how the math of it and then try to write my own pilots 
So I wrote one that's called, it was called 2030 News, and it was about a news station set in the future. And like everything was underwater and a reality star was the president. And it was like all oh this God. crazy, weirdly prescient shit. And like there were ads all over the screen. Like it was, it's literally. Nine kids were trapped in a cage. And, yeah, like, <laughs> that's right. And they were in cages at the border yeah. and all that shit. So I was, I had written that. Nobody even read it. And then do you remember when Dane Cook had a pilot called Cooked? Yeah, I read for it. I wrote a spec for that weirdly yeah i was 22 it hadn't even got picked up like i didn't i wasn't even smart enough to know that you don't write a spec for a show and for those of you who don't know what a spec is it's like an audition piece of writing where you write like an episode of two and a half men to give to high met your mother to try to get a job right yeah so i'd written a spec for that so i was like writing a bunch of shit and then the third thing that i had read was um i'm sorry that i'd written was a story about a couple and i just had crystalia in mind and me and chris sort of dating and it was about this couple where the girl didn't want to get married because i was in this relationship for four years and I was scared to get married, but I was scared to break up. And it was kind of about that. And I gave it to him to read. I was like, I wrote this pilot. I remember I printed it out with fucking that big staple on top. Yeah. And I gave it to him at the comedy store on like a Tuesday, like 9 p.m. I was like, I wrote this pilot for us. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and he never read it. And then like a year later, like casting called and was like, can you come in an audition for this? So wait, so, so, so did you sell... You wrote Girls first or Whitney first? I sold Whitney first. I actually had sold a talk show first, which is weird because that that's did... not weird because that's that seems like that would fit. Really? Yeah, because like was that was that the t- era when Greg Barrett was doing his talk show? And... No. Oh, that's interesting. I think it was a little later. It was Chelsea was doing because Chelsea produced this one. Chelsea was doing her show. Yeah. It must have been um, six years ago, seven years ago. Really? Was Greg's show on E? No, no, no. He, he had a no. He had a wait. Yours was on E. No, no, no. E, I, you yeah. know what I'm thinking of? Huh? I walked into a room at E to sell a TV show, yeah. and they had just talked about your your talk show. Got it. And yeah. so I had sold it, but then I sold the sitcom, and because they were both the same company, Universal, they were like, "Let's do the talk show later." Yeah. Talk show. I, I maybe I'll do that again one day, but I think on E, I just like. I, the pop culture making fun of celebrities I'm just not good at that because I'm just I'm never good at that I feel weird slamming people that are more talented than me <laughs> being like Kate Blanchett's an asshole it's like she's amazing that's why I never did uh, I was never good at that VH1 show uh, best week ever yeah best week ever I used I was to like, do this I remember they were like they said something about uh Something about someone I was like, I actually really like him. That, that's the thing. I'm like, yeah. I love Vin Diesel. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I just can't slam. I'm a huge fan. And I also know how hard you have to work to get to that place. So then being like a little comic, like, I mean, at the time I was nobody. So to like, be like making fun of him just felt weird, you yeah. know? So uh-huh. I was never really good at that. And I kind of wanted to have like Malcolm Gladwell on and Michael Moore. And they were like, honey, boo boo. Like it's pretty much, you know, yeah. and like Kardashians. I don't even follow that shit. So how do you get, how do you get, cause this is, I think always been the hiccup. I heard a uh, little, Lil Rel Howie uh-huh. Howie Howie yeah um on Mark Marin's podcast and he was talking about his show and how he's the EP and he has to do the firing and the hiring and all this stuff and I was like I was like you know as, as many shows as I've ever had yeah it's hard to get there's this thing that the industry does when your talent is they keep you at arm's length yeah and then like like I remember going like I remember my first deal I said uh, I have a great idea for a cold open and i remember the writers were like hey man uh we got this and i was yeah. like and i was like i know but i and they're like you know you're the talent we're the writers yeah and you were like well there can't be a crossover yeah 
don't like treat me like the puppy who's not allowed in the living room yeah it's like, kind of what I'm it like, feels I'm like, like i'm super i wrote yeah. the stand-up that got this moving forward yeah where all my bits are in this yeah yeah maybe i could also write for sitcoms yes how did you get how did you get to that because i'm sure there was that period when you sold whitney where everyone was like okay so we're gonna have steve show run it because he's a man and he's yeah. 45 and he's just yeah. came off of seinfeld yes how did yes. that how did you well it's interesting that? you say that because it's like two things i had written the pilot you yeah. know but i still had a showrunner come in of and course yeah the showrunner did not have similar taste at all yeah um which was really really challenging that happened to me twice and it's like heartbreaking you know and you really are treated and you watch them and it's almost like it's it's I, i've been in it so many times yeah. where you go and you get to a point and they go actually uh this your dad's like who we based it off of but now it's on my dad because my dad does some funny stuff too and you're like hold on you didn't sell the fucking show yeah they brought you in yep. after yep. how dare you tell me yes my vision is now not what yeah. we're doing yeah it's tricky because a couple things you do want somebody who is going to do the logistics you do want someone who's dealing with the refabricating the couch like you don't want to take those calls yeah. you want like a showrunner who is going to do all the logistical work so that you don't have to do anything but at the same time you want to have all the influence so it gets into this tricky place where it's like how do you empower people so that they're passionate about working there and they feel like they have their stamp on it but they're also executing your vision it's a very very delicate balance oh wow that is exactly that is exactly what i've always been okay that is that is because you, you want that writers perfectly. that that feel like their fingerprint is on it you want that you don't want them to feel like they're puppets and they're like well we can't do anything unless bruce is in the room because then they feel disenfranchised so it's like you want to empower them by saying like what are your ideas what are you you know and that you write this script and you take over because you want that's how you get the best staff so yeah. it becomes this delicate balance of like making sure that your voice is in there and it's something you're proud of but also detaching every now and then so that everybody has pride so how did you do that with whitney and how did you? i didn't <laughs> I wait. Did, I've never taken this advice. I think it's very good advice. Not something I am able to implement at all. Um, but ideally, that's the scenario. No, Whitney. I had no idea what I was doing, um, and I was like, well, "This is going to be the freshest, most original outrage." And then everyone's like, "It's five o'clock. Can we go home?" I mean, it was like it was news to me that writers on staff that it's like a job to them. Yeah. Like it was news to me that everybody wasn't there to like make you know. And yeah. there were some incredible writers on the show, and I'm like still friends with so many of them. But it was like I think there is also this at the time that I made it there was this little eye roll around sitcom this was when The Office was coming out yeah. uh, The Office I think had already been out for a year Parks and Rec came the next year like single cam was like all the rage like girls came out the same year um, the Zoe Deschanel show so I think there was this like shame around being on a multicam where people were like it's just yeah. a multicam why try like they're corny and they're hokey and I think yeah. there was just that like oh this joke is good enough and I'm like no let's beat this joke I think we can make it better and they're like it's a multicam like I think there's that attitude yeah um I think that's changing a little bit like as we learn that like multicamps are the most watched shows whether you like it or not and there are ways to make them really good and sophisticated and smart which is a big part of why I want to work on Roseanne rest in peace um but uh <laughs> by the way I wasn't even gonna bring that up at all oh really yeah, yeah, yeah. I had this so so funny I was I mean I'm touring and uh and people come up to you after the show and they're like what why why did Roseanne get canceled I'm like oh well she actually said something incredibly racist they're like so yeah like no nobody people, people, outside of hollywood cares. by the way they could have they could have not canceled that and no one would have noticed she said she's done so much worse like literally in my opinion it was so crazy to me that like but audience are like yes she said something racist but that's roseanne Barr. Th yeah we like the show yeah like don't take away our show that we like so much so like kind of crazy i've been dealing with that sort of paradigm shift but um you know, it's really tricky. I think, you know, Eric Zicklin is this writer that was on Frasier who I um, worked with on the NBC show and he's 
amazing. And he said something really poignant to me one day. He said, because I'm, you know, I'm a stand-up comic. I'm in the clubs every night. You know me and we're fucking yeah. around. And then all of a sudden you're in an office and like people are asking you like, you know, how much money do you need for this episode? And do we need a lot this? And like all these jobs that you don't even know what half these people do, right? Yeah. And he was like, and now I'm having like a mental breakdown. And because then you have to fire people and we're comics. Like I'm wired to make people like yeah. me. I don't want anyone. I don't like conflict with people at I all. Like I want to make you laugh. Right. And I hired a bunch of my friends that are comics and I don't want to fire my friend. It was just really sticky. And he said that giving a comedian a sitcom, it's like saying, hey, you're really good at stand up. Now go run a 7-Eleven. Yeah. Like that's kind of the skill set of it because it's all logistics and math, you know, so you do want someone that's going to do that stuff so you can be free to just be the artist. Yeah. But it's it's a really delicate balance and you don't want to be the monster either. You don't want to be the person everybody's scared of when you come in the room. Bert's here. Oh, he's going to erase everything we did. He's not going to like anything we did. You know, so I think sometimes it's about just going like, you know, what? if the writers love this idea so much, let's just do it and we'll do my thing the next time. I'm not good at that. One for me, one for you. It just depends on the kind of staff you want. But you can also do, you know, the Louis route without showing your dick to anyone and just do everything you want and do it all on your own. That's what I want to do. You know? The uh, So what... So then in in doing Whitney, how soon into that did you sell Two Broke Girls? That was actually the same year. Michael Patrick King, who did Sex and the City and The Comeback, he at, wanted to write a show with a partner and he met with a bunch of people and I met with him. We ended you up, already have a sitcom at this time. It was sold, but it wasn't picked up to series. It was picked up to pilot. Oh, okay. And I never, and I, I'm, not, I'm not being fake humble. Nope. I, I know what you're saying. I never thought a show with two unknown comedians would go to series. I think all of us were pleasantly surprised at like, at like, holy shit. Stunned. But you're right. That never happened. And here's what I'll say. Like, I think that's also part of why it went because Chris and I were just fucking around. We were like, this is never going to go. And we had so much fun and we were improvising. I have to say that, that I have to say, and I think that I have this ability. I've written now four, personally, just by myself, four pilots. Oh, cool. And so... Eh, I don't know. I mean, but everything I do, and I think this is the where I'm at now. The thing we'll talk about after this. Yeah. But where I'm at now is I'm really good at writing for other people. Yeah. I have a really hard time writing for myself yeah. because I don't know if I find myself funny in that way. And one of the things that I said when I first saw the I saw the pilot of Whitney, and I'm I knew Chris, but I know him like yeah, by yeah, I knew yeah. him. I was like motherfucker, she really gave him a fucking role. I was like I because I knew you written it, and I was like. He is cruising through this episode. Like, it is all his strong suits. Yeah. It is, and I'm like, I remember going, yep. I remember thinking he's going to be an action star yeah. within a year. That's so funny. Like, he, but he, but Whitney was probably the best, in my opinion. I know it's his first thing he did, probably. Yeah. That's the best work he's ever done. Yeah. And, I, and it was because he, I think you and him were so close, and you did look at him like a muse. Like, you knew what was funny about him yeah. in a way that no one could have ever predicted. And I also see him in a very specific way that, and I wanted him to be loving and vulnerable and super in love with yeah. the Whitney character, not the person. Um, and I think that that works really well on him. I think that there's this trend where, I'm not saying it's women that do this or men that do this. I'm sure everybody's guilty where guys have to be dicks and yeah. like stupid. My thing is never write a character who's stupid. Like, cause there's this thing of like stupid's funny. It's not that funny and it's not interesting and it's not sustainable. Yeah. Like always play to the top of your intelligence. So it was really like um, helpful. And I also think just in terms of like doing a sitcom, like I think sometimes maybe nobody in this room, but comics get competitive. I don't want anyone funnier than me around me. I have oh, to be the funniest person. Oh, yo, I definitely believe that. You, you, I, I'm not that way 
I'm I'm probably I don't know. I probably have to be that way if I'm saying it out loud. But I notice it. I notice it with people sometimes that I go. Oh, so you're top dogging everyone right now. Got it. Uh, but w- it, for free, it's fine. Yeah. You know, to just be like, okay, he's funnier than me. Got it. Okay. He thinks he's okay. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to come around with a banger. You just wait till the conversation gets over here. Yeah. You know, like there is that comic thing or you're going on behind somebody and you're like, okay, he just killed. So I'm going to have to crush. And so-and-so's in the room. Like there's all that competitive shit with comics. We all have it. But when it comes to casting a TV show, hiring people that make you laugh and that you think are funnier than you is the fucking key. Seinfeld's the king of that, you yeah. know? And, um, because it also makes everybody better. It makes your days shorter because you're sitting there writing and you're like, oh, it's two in the morning and you're just like, what should Chris say when he walks in? And you're like, throw him the ball. Just yeah. tell, he'll improvise. He'll do something great. It makes your life better and easier. So then, so, so Whitney gets picked up for pilot and then Two Broke Girls. And then Two Broke Girls gets picked up the same, the same season. Yeah. Same season. Both shows get picked up. Both shows get picked up. And like, what was your... Like, you know, the, the, I know, you know, Barry very well, but like, what was your Barry cats? Like your I, old I, shit moment. We were not together at that point. <laughs> oh, that's right. I think he probably went after you. Yeah. I think he was trying to sue me at that point. Uh, I think. Even when I try to compliment you, Barry, you do it to yourself. I fucking, I hear when they talk shit about me, Papa. Well, stop fucking suing people. It's really shocking. Actually, I should be doing his podcast. I don't know what I'm doing here. He's uh, no, but like, what was that like? Oh shit! Moment where you're sitting there. Like, I remember my first. I had a development deal, and then I, uh, and then it went nowhere. And I come out to LA. I've been doing stand up a year and six months, and I do an ICM showcase. And writers chase me out of the room at the Laugh Factory. They, uh, they shuffle me out the back hallway, the alley. I get into the alley, and I get put in a car, and I drive off, and and I am. Uh, confused and I had the set of my lifetime and literally not even joking writers were climbing over each other to get to me like going Bert 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 I have a script I want you to look at and I and I get in the car and my buddy Miles Mosley calls me and he goes hey buddy what's going on he's in Atlanta I go I think my life just changed forever I remember I was I remember being yeah, at that gas station on Crescent Heights and I knew you were going to say that and going I think my life just changed forever and I was like, oh. ah, this yeah. Is... Well, what was that moment where you're like, two shows on air? I think the moment actually was maybe not a positive one. Like, I definitely like when they called me and it was picked up. What happens is when you get a show picked up, it's so stressful. There's no way to enjoy it because you're fighting so hard for writers during pilot season. There's only, so you have to meet with writers before you get picked up. And you're auditioning writers and you're trying to make them want to pick you. So there's only a certain amount of writers. So I was so like, we got to call the writers. We got to get this person. We got to. I was so consumed with fear that the show wouldn't be good that I couldn't really enjoy it very much. Yeah. I think when I first saw like billboards, that's when I was like, oh, this is like happening. And then it was like, oh, oh no. Because they were kind of, you know, famously a little hokey. Uh, if I'm oh. going to put it gently and um, I'm going to just not be negative about that experience anymore. There's no point, but um, no, I, but you can, I, I mean like I'm going through it with my Netflix special right now. Yeah. They sent me a billboard option and I was like, um, are yeah. we sure? <laughs> it's in look. It's, and then you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to like, 
like, look at give like they're like we really love it. I know, and you're like, and here's, I mean, I have, I have acquiesced to that so many times that I am now at the point where I hire my own person to just design it. Yeah, because I have done that. Like, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but what about this direction? And what? And then I waste everybody's time, and it's just here. Let me just, let me just add a pocket, send you this JPEG. This is the billboard. Um, but um, but I think that also. I was working so much during that time. I didn't understand that there was like negativity around it. And I remember going to a party, like an upfronts party or something. And I guess some like reviews had come out or people had been like trolling me online. And uh, and I was just like working on a sitcom with my friend and it was like the best time of my life and I made it. And I went to this party and everyone was like, how you doing? And I was like, I'm great. What do you mean? And they're like, oh, don't worry. They're just jealous. Wait, who who was just wh- like were they? everybody that, that came up to me was like, look, this happened to Seinfeld too. Everyone hated his show when it first came on. And I was like, what what's it? What's going on? What do you mean? Like I yeah. hadn't I hadn't Googled myself. I hadn't read anything. I hadn't seen anything. Like I just had my head down. And so I think that's the first time I was like, oh shit, this is real. Like people know about this. Because yeah. you know, when you're a comic, it's so like you kill at the comedy store and like everyone that was there knows about it. But now was that Whitney not an immediate success? It was a success. There was just because it was a multicam, which if you guys don't know, that's like friends and Seinfeld. Like it's it's, it's every it's where there you you see four sets. Yeah, that's technically right. Technically every that's right. week. Same four Big sets. Big Bang Theory. And yeah. what I think really, and this is my mistake, and I just didn't know any better. I was fucking 27. That the microphones and the audience, you can't have too many or else it's going to sound so loud. And you have to take microphones out because otherwise people think it's a laugh track. So people kept going, this show has a laugh track. It has a laugh track. That was their big complaint about it. And I was like, no, there's people here. We invited journalists to come watch. Whereas yeah. How I Met Your Mother actually has a laugh track, but nobody was mad at them about it. It was just like too loud. And I think because because I'm a comic and this was my mistake and this is if we talk after what I would say is like I wanted it to be so funny and I want jokes 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 that's what we do but the more jokes you put in a sitcom the more you hear the laugh from the audience so it's like ha ha so every line was a joke and Chris ended up being 10 times funnier than anyone ever would have imagined I had this girl Ray Seahorn on the show who's now on Better Call Saul and Zoe Lister-Jones like I cast such funny people that every line turned into a joke so that was my mistake the pilot did have I mean I think that you know the criticism of it was there was too much laugh track there was too many laughs but that's because I put in too many jokes you know that would make sense that's your personality of like I'm gonna uh, this is my project yeah I'm gonna make it the best I'm gonna make it Uh everything's gonna be fucking funny yeah as opposed to some hindsight of like of like all right hold on all right let's let it breathe yes let's let's roll the dice and go they'll get that laughs are coming yes I, I, I can see that Completely. And, to, and look, and some of the best shows, I Love Lucy, and part of the reason I wanted to work on Roseanne was like to really learn how to just like let it breathe for a page and let yeah. the drama happen. But I was just, as a 27-year-old comic, it was like just jokes everywhere. No, at the same time, Whitney is coming out, Two Broke Girls is coming out, mm-hmm. and I can't remember... I remember I thought everyone loved that show. Two Broke Girls? Yeah, right? Yeah, it did. Okay, it did. It did. Yeah, it did I mean, well. It lasted for like seven seasons, right? Yeah, I think six, yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah. I remember see I remember I remember thinking everything's both of them got were hits. it's you can't nothing can happen anymore without some kind of backlash and maybe nobody notices but I know that there was a little bit like you know some showrunner from I don't remember some other I think it was two and a half men it wasn't Chuck Lorre it was somewhat like a writer someone said like there's too many vagina jokes in it or something and it was like like there was that sort of thing like but it's guy, like well can we get me too now yeah but it's like <laughs> I mean on 
two and a half men it was like herpes jokes yeah and then ours i mean so anyway so there's always going to be some kind of noise about something and i think it's comics like we're so wired to only focus on the person in the audience who's not laughing you can be performing for a thousand people if the guy in the front row is not laughing that's all i can think about you know so yeah. I, it's like your heckler so it's like when yeah. there's one bad review that's the only thing i don't read thing. any reviews ever Smart. i'll never read a review Do you, i read your twitter out replies nope Never. I, I'll, I'll thumb them. I'll like. I'll thumb them and like. Oh, yeah, yep. 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 Uh -huh. yep. Anything negative? I just. I'm also dyslexic, so I don't read very well. Um, uh -huh. we, we've come to realize that Isla's dyslexic, like really bad. Yeah. And we didn't realize that I was. You get it, it's hereditary. Wow. Yeah. You don't you, realize it until. And I was like, oh, I'm very dyslexic, and I'm. I've always misread things, and it's and. Now I just, I dyslexia flip through the Twitter and I go, oh yeah. But I also put on yeah. that thing, that filter where I don't read the bad shit. There's a filter. There's a filter which says anything negative will just keep away from you. They, they, they go through it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think is, so. Is that extra? I've, I, I very seldomly get bad at anything bad on. Maybe you just don't get negative. Con I don't get so many anymore. You know, well, you're a woman. You get, there are men that make it their mission. Yeah. To try to put you down. Yeah. That is, there, there are men. Like I listened to the Nanette. The, yeah. There are men, sadly. And by the way, I don't, I was really defensive of her. I thought the special was interesting. Yes. And it was a little, it was, wasn't comedy to, per se. Yeah. It was more like a TED talk. Yes. But I, 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 I did mean, not listen to it close enough. But it's also like, why, she's literally in the special. She talks about how people have called her faggot. Like yeah. she's been, like. Yeah. Here's what, what's amazing to me is the same guys who would take time to attack her and be a yeah. attacker are the same people that are like, oh, if you don't like a joke where someone says faggot, yeah. you don't have to listen to it. Yeah, don't yeah, have, yeah. Turn it off. Yeah. Turn it off. And you're like, you're like, hold on. Well, hold on one second. Just turn it off in the net. Like, just Here's to, what it I'll just, say. That clearly wasn't meant for you. It's it's a beautiful special. Like, it's not, I mean. Okay, I only have one issue with the special that, yeah. I, that I have, because I, I watched it and I was like, I was kind of in and out. Like, yeah. I was like, it's interesting. You know, we're hearing yeah. her message. Yeah. Yeah, it's not funny. Like, it's not like you don't laugh out loud yeah, right, right. more than maybe twice. Yeah. But but I didn't realize that her whole point was to say that comedy is should not be an art form. That no one should do comedy. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I kind of I kind of lost on me because I was like, yeah. you know, I was in and out. I was cleaning a hotel room. Yeah. And I'm listening. I was like, yeah. I like, I like, yeah. a I always like a different message. I yeah. always like something yeah. new. And then I didn't realize that she was like, and they, I guess I, this is why I guess because Legion of Skanks did a review on it, and not you're, I would not listen to that if I were you. But uh, <laughs> um, but they apparently she put out a tweet saying. Anyone who just tries to do comedy is—I'll uh, find the exact tweet. It's like you're this—it's a waste of time. Comedy is not shouldn't is not. Their laughter is not the best medicine. It's no medicine, and it was just anti-comedy. I guess is her tweet. I'm paraphrasing. Okay. Horrifically. Yeah, I haven't seen that. And that's what I hold that. issue with because I'm like, no, I did a special where I didn't try to break any boundaries on race yeah. or sexuality or cisgenderism. Yeah. I did a special that is just about me, my life, my family, and it's really funny and it's just jokes. It's yeah. just jokes. There's no like, I don't want you to cry at my special. I mean, look, and I think that it's like, I think that what's happening is this sort of like didactic, like everyone wants to decide how everyone else should live you know and I think because yeah. we're in so we have so little control about what's happening politically right now that we're just like I need to control the what you eat and what you say and you and every guy has to go I mean I think it's just it's this mentality where everybody has to behave the same and I think what's so great about our culture and humanity in general is we all can do different things you stay in your lane I'll do my thing you yeah. do your thing like, like I can respect 
um, he, uh, Hannah Godsby. Yeah. I can respect her. Yeah. And I can respect what she does. Yeah. As soon as she stops respecting the fact that I'm just a comedian, right? Then I start going. Well, then, yeah. okay. Then I think our conversation's over. Right, 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 right. Like if There's you, no. If you can't realize that, hey, yeah. I just will make jokes. There's no discourse. That's here. my only goal. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't born into this world with a bigger message. My message is: I like to have a good time. Yeah. And I like that if you're having a shit day yeah. and you come to my show, that for an hour and 15 yeah. minutes you'll forget about it right have a few drinks right especially now when all you have to think about is the news it's yeah. like I, I mean I go to when I do sets now um, well before I do like an hour I say like is, okay you guys we're not going to talk about politics is that okay and everyone's like ah! like Everyone they lose their minds yeah and I think I think that's also a very American thing I think part of what is happening she's Australian Australian yeah. is she's like and they're like outraged by Trump Right. And they want to share that with each other. Maybe I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't know. I just look at it where I go the second, like you can't, she's, she'll never have like, I'm very lucky in that. I'm yeah. not, I'm, I don't ever claim to be the smartest guy in the room. I'm a very intelligent man. I make a good living. I'm very lucky, but I'm also like a very regular dude and like and like I ha can go to a comedy show yeah. and laugh and then the next day lay yeah. in bed and think of that guy's punchline and laugh again <laughs> and look it's also it's like by the same logic it's like so comics can't do TED Talk so comics can't get doctorate degrees and be teachers like it's like we, yeah. I just think to yeah. limit anybody from doing anything yeah. is it's, yeah and so I, and by the way I'm paraphrasing yeah. based on what Big J said about his interpretation right, right, of a tweet right, right. and I'm sure Big J doesn't have the most even keeled <laughs> But but yeah, that, the net thing kind of like I because I was supportive of it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I was like, I heard, I was like, well, maybe I didn't listen to it. I know I want to weigh in more, but I just don't know enough about it. Yeah. And I thought, see if you can pull up that. that yeah, that, I mean, that I tweet she sent. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, I was you like, know, I was. But you know, my thing is, I'm. But raising, I can also ignore something someone says. And yeah. move on with my life. I can definitely not be offended by her. And like, I don't have to, like, we are in this like thing where everything, there's such an outrage about everything. And like, I can just be like, oh, he said something that's kind of offensive, but like, let's move on. Let's talk about something else. Like, I don't yeah. need to get into that adrenaline addiction outrage cycle that we're yeah. all that sanctimonious. Cause I think right now there's like so much self-righteousness around everything. Self-righteousness feels so good. It feels so good afterwards though. To me, there's an aftermath of like shame around it of like, Oh, I just spent an hour hating on somebody who's kind of just doing the best they can. Like, if, you know, what feels better than self-righteousness. What? Uh, heroin. Someone, oh, oh. someone saying to you like an hour later, Hey, whatever happened to the thing? You go, oh, I forgot about it. <laughs> you're like, oh, I forgot that I was outraged an hour I ago. I was so pissed off yeah, about it. I can't believe that went away. You know, uh. but I think that it's also comics in particular. You know, I think Neil Brennan is who said this, or maybe it was Chris Rock or something. I'm plagiarizing it or quoting the wrong person, but it was just that like the common denominator in all comedians is we have a obsession with justice. Like that's our thing, right? That's the thing. I have yeah. to tell you the story so you understand what happened to me and you need yeah. to know that this is wrong and here's why and yogurt shouldn't be in a go-gurt. It should be in a thing. Like, I mean, I mean, even Gary Goldman, like I used to watch him do a half hour on sugar cookies. <laughs> <laughs> And you're just like, why does this matter to you so much? <laughs> hilarious, by the way. Yeah, like, hilarious. And you're kind of like, because there's an injustice around this cookie yeah. that you guys need to know, you know? And yeah. it's just, it's so fascinating. It's like, whether you're talking about politics or sugar cookie, the common denominator is justice. So I think that what I'm hearing and what I'm feeling also is the idea of when someone says like, no, it's like, no, that's not just. And we all need, because we're the justice warriors. Like, we're the ones that, yeah. the truth tellers, we're the ones that have the balls to point out things that no one else has the balls to. Like, we're the ones that are awake right oh i'm obsessed right now with like um, we're the wolves not the sheep yeah i'm obsessed with 
my wife, my wife and her friends, and Michelle Wolf just did a video of it today about uh, abortion. But yeah. my wife and her friends were all talking about pro-choice and whatnot. And, yeah. And I, I love the part I love is I got no dog, dog in the fight. Like yeah. I literally sit back and they're <laughs> and they're like uh, just talking about I don't know whatever it was, and I was just like, yeah, but it is it is murder. And they were like, what? <laughs> I go, yeah, yeah, like you're, you're I mean, like. I go, it's not, not murder. <laughs> were and they're you, like, what? Were you jo- I can't tell. Were you joking? <laughs> I was totally joking. Oh. Part of me is joking, but the other part of me is like, this is an argument that people have. And they're it's like, not, they're, not, jo- I mean, that's the truth. It's tra- not, not murder. You <laughs> think like, a, a cell, if it's just a, a, a cell? <laughs> I Look, here's my point. You're murdering a cell. Here's my point. You're murdering a zygote. It's like, it's like, you can argue that it's not, but you can argue that it is. But sometimes murder is. <laughs> is good yeah oh that's hey, what i'll argue but that, that's what i said i said i said no i i go no i agree with you guys i agree with you guys i yeah. go, i'm not i'd even go as far as say i'm pro-abortion also like a little murder now yeah. is gonna save a, sh- a life that's gonna suck yeah. further and if you can wrap your head around it and go i'm cool with it then i'm cool with it too yeah i have no problem with it yeah i have actually no problem with abortion yeah to the point where i was actually thinking i bet i could i don't mind helping women who need abortions like i don't mind like it's like a thousand bucks for me i could pop off like four abortions and then help what women clinic is that i don't know so michelle wolf a, today that, michelle the, wolf today said it costs 300 bucks to do an abortion yeah and so i was like i was like Costco. i don't mind like if a woman's in a bad spot yeah and and this baby's gonna have a rough fucking life life and so is she so is the woman yeah part of me was like and then i was like I was like, I also. Do we need more children? Do you want more people on planes and airports? I, I'll tell you what, I don't. But then I thought that's the irony. It's like it's like you guys don't want us to have abortions, but you hate liberals. Don't you oh, want yeah. less liberals? Yeah. My other part was like, and then this is where my wife was like, "You are out of your fucking mind." Uh-oh. I go, "How about this?" I go, "Because I I am not like I'm for abortion if that's what the woman wants. Yeah, but I'm even more for like." A child getting an opportunity in life like yeah. if you took kids who who should be aborted right and you go what if you what if you set up a program yeah. where you where a woman gets pregnant she registers for the program and they go okay we're gonna this is what we're gonna do we're gonna get you set up we're gonna take care of you we're gonna finish your ged we're gonna finish we're gonna get you started in college yeah in this next nine months we're gonna eat how you're gonna eat healthy and you're gonna be out Who's in gonna arizona pay for all that? this is me this is me i'm you're setting up this, this organization i'm setting up this organization and i go and we're gonna set you up we're also gonna get this child adopted by a gay couple who will provide an amazing yeah, life for this well, child yeah. and then and want this they want this yes and we are gonna get you on your feet and them on their feet yeah and we're gonna get rid of abortion that way yeah you, you, you fucked up you fucked up you got pregnant we've been there but who's we've the been there about the father what? oh the f- fucking i don't give two shits about but men here's right what now I'll say. how about this but how about instead why don't you just give me a hundred dollars a month so i can just go on the pill oh I'm, I'm cool with that so that we don't even have to it's have this issue. bucks a month it's that's what nobody will talk about is that with insurance it's when i was on i'm on an iud now which was six hundred dollars so you, it is prohibitively expensive so ch- people really have no choice women really have no choice except to try pulling out and condoms and stuff like yeah. that yeah and yeah condoms yeah. Oh, are like a, a fucking fortune that's another uh, scam did you know that uh, this is what's insane to me i was like i, I of course i'm trying to work it as a bit yeah. at dinner with these women and i start thinking I start trying to reverse engineer it in that the support of abortion is basically to try to kill 
that black kids that black, I was thinking black people don't get abortions. That's what I was thinking, right? Here, just hear me out. Okay, yeah. I was, in my head, I was like, I'm, I'm thinking black people and Mexicans don't get abortions mm-hmm. because of religious reasons. Mm-hmm. They're probably more apt, less apt to get than white women. And I go, this is a reverse. This is reverse racism. They just want to kill black babies. And then I did the math. First of all, astronomical. White women are the least amount of abortions. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I said. I didn't know that. Now, what's happened for recently yeah. is that abortions in Latino and black culture or uh, with black women have dropped drastically. Hmm. But I think that's because they've made it harder to get abortions. Yeah. And so I really had no, there was no argument point to this. I just yeah. was shocked that like, I was like, well, yeah, there goes that fucking bit. But I mean, you can still do a bit out of exploring it and how you were wrong. You know, you yeah, can yeah. still probably do yeah. that. But I mean, but then yeah. I thought, then I thought, yeah. no joke. I thought, is that what you want to do with your 15 minutes on stage, Bert? Do you really want to preach about something you know nothing about that you just basically looked online, looked at a stat and you're going to go behind some stat? Yeah. I really, I, by the way, I'm being dead serious. If a couple wants to keep the baby, I, I support that decision. And if a woman feels like she, I, by the way, I say, a couple yeah. or a woman wants to keep a baby or, or get rid of a baby those are all their decisions yeah. those are not i shouldn't have a say in that that's my yeah. feelings and well i also think it's important to and um and acknowledge like you know i don't want to bring up the president or anything um but having an abortion is not fun for no, yeah. a woman yeah I don't uh, think, well, this I think, idea that women need to be punished like it's a nightmare i that's one of the, wrote about it in my book my experience with it it's, it's really yeah shut up yeah. wait whoa you have to read about it in the book it's 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 i don't really talk about it because it's like hard to talk about but i have it's in the book you can read it you can read it live if you want to um but i i try not to just talk about it too much because it's i don't want to i don't want to seem like i'm representing every woman's experience and that i you know whatever but i was a child i was a kid for real you know yeah i was 15 you know and it was like something that like i i didn't know what to do and it was this whole nightmare and um and you know, just don't worry. We feel terrible about that's it. What, that's what the whole we question live with was horror. Is that was that Michelle this, Wolf saying? M- Michelle Wolf was saying we need to get rid of the stigma behind abortion. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I don't think I think that's going to be tough to get rid of. Yeah. Because that is self-imposed. Yeah. That is that is that's crazy. What is self-imposed? The guilt the sti- and the, the shame. Stigma is self. I think a lot of people. I think it'd be really tough for. It's like uh, uh, what was the thing. Hmm. Oh fuck! I'm trying to think of the thing that just the other day someone was like, "Oh, mental health." Yeah, mental health. Someone's like, uh, "My wife's trying to get someone on her podcast to talk about mental health, about depression, and none of her friends would do it." And I was like, "There's still a stigma behind mental health." Yes, sir. To say people, I have depression. Well, here's also I think there's a couple of reasons why because when you say like I have depression, people are like, "Nah, you're tired. You're de-. like a lot yeah. of people just don't know how neurology works." Yeah. And um and I think that that depression is so vague, and I think that and we're all guilty of doing this is that we have desensitized the word and taken the value out of it because we're like oh I'm depressed I couldn't get my smoothie yeah. uh, I'm a psych I'm having a, a manic break like we yeah. throw these words around you're, you're so schizophrenic like we throw them around in conversation so when someone actually says I have Stop clinical being a narcissist that's right that's right you're a psycho you're a sociopath yeah. like so when someone actually is it you kind of don't take them seriously because yeah. I think another thing with that well that's fucking fascinating but I don't Whitney. think that that's um, self-imposed that the stigma. stigma yeah I, don't was, I think i mean i think fast times at ridgemont high like it, i think you, people see that my buddy my buddy ha, uh was a part of six abortions jeez <laughs> seems that's, like a lot it's aggressive that is and that is <laughs> yeah, at one point he had had more abortions than i had, had sex with women who is, who is, is this monster <laughs> talk to tony about him tony he was tony my best friend 
This guy is a busy man, obviously unemployed. Like, there's no stigma with him. Who's that kind of time? Well, no, it's really more like, I think. He was, we were in a car one time, and someone was like, we were talking about abortions, and he was like, oh, I've been a part of six of them. And we were like, what? Been a part? Like, meaning like he had Yeah, to, I know, like, but that's yeah. just a weird phrasing. And then I was like, I've only had sex with, at the time, I've, I think it was four women. Yeah. And he goes, I've had two more abortions than you've, you've had, had sex, sex with women? actual like, humans. Hmm. I mean, it's, I think it's also like, I mean, everyone's got their own thing around it, their religious thing around it. I went to Catholic school. Like, I yeah. also was a mistake. My mom didn't want me, and I know that. I can't believe, wait, did you, where, did you grow up poor? I grew up, it was interesting. I grew up thinking I had a lot of money, um, but then I went to a neighbor's house. It was kind of that deal. Because we grew up in a very fancy place. We were in Georgetown in D.C., so I just assumed we had all this money, but we were getting yeah. evicted and moving from one house to another, and the cars would disappear. So it was like, it, it, it there was a facade that we had money, but we didn't actually. And uh, that's as much as I'll say about that. Uh, but I thought that we had money, but we didn't. There's so we many didn't. parts of you that, that's a secret. Like not a secret, but like that you keep private. It's so interesting because I've heard you say things on Rogan. Yeah. And I've seen things on your Instagram that lead into something interesting. And I always go, I got to do more of that. Really? Yeah. I feel like I share way too much and it fucks me You don't constantly. share way too much. And like and I You share stuff that's you share stuff that I think you share stuff that I think are positive that men don't hear. Like I remember one time you were, you said something on Rogan about um you were dating a guy and you were embarrassed to show him how nice of a car you had. Yeah. And you're like you're like that's a fucked up feeling. There are so many guys that are like that probably think of that one or two ways. Yeah. But I sat in the car and I went, <gasps> really? Like because I didn't want to be emasculating or seem like the alpha. You wanted to walk into this relationship, even. I used to park my car two blocks away. I would walk to his apartment, and then when I left, I'd call an Uber to take me two blocks back to my car. And then I would drive home. <laughs> What was it like? For like eight months. What was it like getting money for the first time? <sighs> you know, it's interesting. I, I was talking to another comic about this the other day because I think maybe the universe does this thing to keep you humble or to keep things in perspective because as soon as I started making money, I had to put a family member in rehab and my mom had a stroke with no health insurance. So all of the money just went away. Like I was making money, but I didn't get to keep any of it yeah. for quite a while. So... And maybe that's good because me with money might be too dangerous. Like, um, and I'm trying to think. I also didn't know about money, how money worked, because I grew up with a very shady sense of it. I thought we had a lot, but we didn't. All that. I had actually saved a good amount of money from doing stand up, and I was doing like online webisode stuff and all I wanted was a house that's all I ever wanted I grew up like moving around from place to place I was living in an apartment in Hollywood behind the comedy store where a DJ was above me some Israeli arms dealer was next to me and I could never sleep and that's all I ever wanted so I was with a guy at the time where I was like all I want is a house and you know if you want a house it's $800,000 I thought you needed $800,000 oh yeah <laughs> so I was like I really want this house like I just need another 300 grand to get it and he's like well how much do you have and I told him and he was like you can buy a house like I had no idea I was like oh really like I had saved so much money but I thought to get a million dollar house you need a million cash yeah. you know so I was like cool like I just I even when I had it I didn't know I had it because I really didn't even know how it worked are you in the same house that you first bought mm -hmm. yeah you are so much like my wife really? so my wife was yeah. the same way when we when we got 
we when we were I was doing uh, travel I was doing comedy mm-hmm. doing travel channel a little bit and my wife's like my wife's like we need a house we need I need a house I can't yeah I need to be if in you're a house. gone all the time yeah. I need a safe I need a secure house. place and we bought this house and I don't think we will ever leave this house she loves this house I she I, I'm I'm really big on if it ain't broke don't fix it you know how complicated it is to fucking move I don't like change <laughs> and I don't do well with change and I also like I just I don't ever want to have to work for money because I, I, or I don't ever want to, that's not, that came out wrong. I don't ever want to have to take a job because I need money. That is to me the definition of success when I can go, you know what? I'm not going to do that gig. I'm going to say no to going to Alaska for, you know, this for 24 hours because I need it. Women are so much better at that than men. Really? Women comics. Let me rephrase that. Women comics are so much better at turning down work than men. Really? Yeah, because like I, I, all of you guys, I say all of you guys, but there are a lot of times I've heard women say like, I'm not fucking going there. Like, Oh, interesting. Like, well, yeah, like, because like, you don't sh- have to go alone. Sh- yeah. And yeah. And, the and other sketchy thing. shitty gigs yeah. that I've taken where I go, Oh yeah. Oh, like, like when you get there and they, you don't, they don't, they pick you up at the airport and you don't know where you're sleeping. And then all of a sudden you're on the, on the fucking oh, you're in like a, couch. F- a Jeep Cherokee with like four frat guys, like drinking Corona's. Like yeah. I've had guys pick me up from the airport like that shit, like oh. shit face. And I'm just like, oh, you have to drive a hundred miles to the college or whatever. Oh. But I think for me, it's more like, I don't ever want to leave, you know, my animals and stuff to go do a gig just cause I'm like broke. Uh, yeah, I, I don't either, but I, what I do is I just work nonstop to make yeah. sure that I'm never broke. Yeah, I do I work, that too. I can imagine you working. You don't do that on the road, but I imagine you in LA working nonstop. I used to do 80 cities a year. I used to open for Craig Shoemaker and Steve Byrne and yeah. Bobby Lee every weekend. I remember you worked open for Craig Shoemaker. Yeah. I remember that. That's so Frank funny. Shoemaker and I got into a fight. I mean, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yours probably went a little better. He, no, we were doing not, uh, by the way, not, I'm not shitting on Greg Shoemaker at all, but he, uh, we were doing this thing. Barry had a project. Uh, guy walks into a bar was the premise. Yeah. So the, I remember that I was there. Yeah. And we were, I all, remember this. You had, and so the premise is you'd walk into the bar yeah. and you would do the joke. Guy walks into the bar says, and then my line would be like, uh, uh, you know how to make a shoe smell or yeah. something, whatever. I don't yeah. forget what the thing is. And so we're sitting there and Craig Shoemaker, by the way, I'm, it sounds like I'm maybe shit on two people right now. And I I'm just not. have to make sure that I'm, I'm just moving something. What's you, that? It, it, I'm just moving something as you're telling the story. I literally just have to move a phone call. Don't, don't ignore me. What time do you have to get out of here? Um, we'll be fine. You sure? Yes. Who's your phone call with? Important. Uh, it's not that important. It's yeah. I'm directing a commercial for real. Yeah. It's like a little short films and stuff. So it's just like a... That's really fucking it's awesome. It's like a... I, you know... Thank um, you. Are you're, um, I'm, I have to say it if I haven't said it once. You're an amazing person. Like you're someone that I think... You should do a podcast just for comics about how to fucking fix... I bet you could go... Remember when... I, do you remember I told you this one time? And I don't know if you took it as a compliment or not. But I was like, do you realize in the 1950s, you would have had an amazingly successful husband? <laughs> Like your husband would be fucking king of industry. You could have married a guy and turned him into a fucking Roosevelt. I'm not bad at that. Like, yeah. uh, but yeah, like homeless guy Rockefeller. Yeah, but but yeah. but sadly, you live in a world where you get to do it by yourself now. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's just- like this is what annoys me so much about like people who like you know, and it sometimes happens when I do Rogan's show. Like people are like you fucking feminism. Bleh. I'm like, you know how expensive it is to be a fucking feminist. <laughs> it is a nightmare. Like I would give anything for a guy to fucking split.
split the bill um, at this point. But I'm dating a guy who's who's solvent finally. But Wait, um, who is he? He's I don't, I've seen he, him on Instagram. A lot. Have you? Yeah, of course. I put you guys on, went to the Maldives together. Where, yeah, we you know? did. Is that where it was? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and by the way, I was like, I've got to go there. You've got to go there. You do because it it's also so it's awesome. also sinking, so you do have to go. It's going to be gone in thirty years. Yeah, it's, it it's looks so un- awesome. It's unbelievable. I I just for it's so hard for us to take a vacation. I feel like so I just wanted to go to a place that was on the other side of the world. So that is he an actor, model, or DJ? Neither. <laughs> <laughs> Neither. How dare you? He works at Vice. He's just awesome. Oh, He's a real? creative director. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's cool. Yeah. I met him on the internet. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm I, dating actors and comics. Like, that's just never something that, that went great for me. You actually, never dated any comics. I actually never dated a comic. That's actually true. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I mean, I think. Is that your call? No, no that's my alarm. Um, no. Uh, yeah. I, I could never date a comic. I could also. I, Who I, are, like, uh, I mean, Rich Foss and Bonnie are still together. Tom and Push. And, and uh, uh, Natasha and Moshe. Natasha and Moshe. Um, I haven't seen a ton of comic. Successful ones. Yeah. But I mean, there's not a ton of success. I mean, the batting average for any marriage is going to be challenging. Yeah, but I think it's easier. Like, I need I need someone. I, I found someone. I needed someone who was saw me as their project. Like, I needed what you would have been in the 50s. Yeah, I yeah, needed. yeah. So like, you're a fixer-upper and you want a contractor, an and emotional I need, and contractor. Yeah, I want someone to be yeah. like, oh, this is, don't worry, we got this, Bert. Like, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. right now, this is, this is hardcore secret time. Uh, I'm working with someone, I'll tell you, I'm going to talk, I'll talk to you about this after, but I'm okay. working with someone who was like, was like, I want to do this, and, uh, and I was like, great. I was like, just so you know, that's not my strong suit, is like, replying to emails or like i get no. very i get very weird about texting people really so, yeah because i don't want to bother them like interesting yeah, so like i'm better like uh yeah i don't want to bother people so i just but go, it's a delight to hear from you no thank you but uh is that a is that a self-esteem thing or is I don't, that a sure it, by the way whitney i'm a fucking mess like i'm a mess do with people know that about you no people think i'm people think people think it's amazing i said something the other day to Segura, and he went hey man just so you know like what people see in you is on your Instagram or like, or when they see you at a show, they don't know who you are. Like, yeah. so like when you say these things, no one knows that that's who you are for real. Yeah. Cause like someone said one time, how can you be friend? Someone said, it really hurt my feelings. It was a guy, a very uh, popular podcast guy. It wasn't Joe, wasn't mm-hmm. anyone we know. Um, and I thought I was friends with him too. And he uh, had a girl on his podcast and he said, uh, how can you be friends with Bert? And it hurt my feelings so bad. And Tom was like, caught off guard. Yeah. I thought, it, I thought I was friends with him. And Were they being facetious? No, no. He was like, he was like, he's loud. He's obnoxious. He's annoying. Like, and I was like, I was like, I'm by the way, he, maybe I'm paraphrasing that. I'm sure wow. as to what I read into it. But I remember Tom was like, Tom was caught off guard too. He's like, I like him. Like he's a really nice guy. And, wow. That's shocking. Yeah. And so, so like, but Tom said, you know, like you, what? And so I have a extremely low self-esteem. Like I have... Almost to a point, I especially when I start gaining weight again. Like mm-hmm. I, I ran the marathon and gained fifty pounds, fifteen pounds immediately. Right. And so immediately my self esteem goes in the shitter. And now I'm training for the triathlon in hopes that I yeah. can get the weight back off and feel good about myself. Do you think that's what it's linked to? I think everyone has a thing like you know uh, your self esteem is linked to your mine is my productivity, like or my body is is that what yours? Mine is not my productivity. Oddly enough, uh, it's my I think it's really my body. Yeah. That sounds yeah. so crazy. 
Like I know I, if I party too hard, I get depressed in the morning. Yeah. Like I start going. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's where you live. I mean, I not. I'm not trying to plug the book. I just am, don't I wanna, wanna, can, can I read that chapter yeah. aloud on my podcast? Of, yes. I'll, of, I'll yes. Of course you can. I would love to. And there's also a whole um, chapter about me struggling with dis- body dysmorphia and eating disorders. I have, so I went through that for a really long time. Body also. dysmorphia can all like uh, this is a, how it registers with me, and I don't know if this is the same thing, but like. I look at the left side of my body yeah. and I feel like it's fatter than the right side because yeah. I sleep on my left side and I feel like all the fat Goes aggregates there. there. That's what it feels like. I mean, it's really like, you know, those like phantom limb syndrome shit. I mean, that's for real. Like yeah. I will in a, in a um, photo, I still do it. And I'm already thinking about it because the camera's here is I, you think about your arm and your whatever. Your great arms, by the way. Thank you very you much. Great arms. I noticed the fucking vein in your arm. That's really I was like, you must definitely work out. Very kind. And I stopped a little bit because I it used to be my whole thing because I was so like my legs couldn't touch and my thighs couldn't touch and, and I had to fit. New See, stuff. that's what I like about you. I like when you share this shit. Like any guy that doesn't like that when they hear it on Rogan is just a lost dude. Like I like a little bit of fucking on I think over it's honesty. It's more like guys are like women are overwhelming. I already have to deal with my girlfriend or my wife's shit. I don't want to deal with yours too. Just be funny and look hot and move on. You know, I get the kind of people who are tuning in to learn something to be entertained. Like, why do I have to hear? I'm not fucking this girl. Why do I have to hear about her emotional problems? I think it's. I, I think, get that. You know, fair. I uh, yeah, but you know, I don't know. I'm starting to see the hypocrisy in in us guys. Uh, mostly because like I've consider like all like all these guys who are like like you know you say a joke and you get offended you could just turn it off and then when that and then that thing happened yeah. they all these guys lost their fucking minds I was like hey guys you could have just turned it off that's been yeah. the advice you've been giving to everyone but it's also you know or sit in the discomfort and learn something like if we turn something off every time we got uncomfortable we would never change or grow yeah. or learn anything way, we're both on the same page I'll yeah. take either or I'll take either or you're yeah. offended don't like it easily walk Change away channel. yeah yeah but those people who set up petitions and they're like time to get this pulled off on netflix you're like that's happening no it happened to someone else Segura. what oh yeah you didn't hear about that no oh it's it's i, I don't know i think it's i'm not i don't want to speak about it because i don't yeah, want to okay, give it any okay, energy yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh okay. yeah he i mean he talked about it on rogan got it he uh, used a word that is not a popular word and then like two hundred thousand people signed a petition to get it removed off netflix the whole special from one joke which, which by the way they took out of context and and misquoted in my opinion wow yeah and then i don't know i'm not going to get into it because once again i don't want to give it energy all these but. people that are so upset about netflix specials go vote instead yeah, <laughs> you there's something you can vote on that's super important president of the United States primaries like it's amazing how in America like 30% or something of people were voting in the elections but everyone wants to vote on Netflix yeah. so you did the two sitcoms you did uh, and then yeah. went, and then did you go you did the book and then you did and then after that I did I took like a year and like wrote a movie that never got made okay. I pitched a TV show that never happened like I, I was gonna make it for FX and then kind of freaked out and regrouped and then I another special actually because i realized like I saw that one with the with your hair in a bun or a ponytail yeah it was in a ponytail oh, isn't that's that crazy so that that's that what i remember, remember? yes that's like, so I, I talked, I, it's so weird because i always think like no one cares about your hair stop thinking about it oh i know like, i liked it a lot <laughs> i liked it a lot because it's like cheerleader pony yeah and it was and it was moving with your energy and i was like oh fuck yeah like Thanks. it's so funny i saw that and i went i'll never have that i'll never like be able to sway a beard that's so funny i never that, i ne- let's so the I'm, things i remember about people it's uh, fascinating. Can I tell you a fucking crazy thing about you that I bet you don't even know? Uh, uh oh. 
no, no, I want. I'm, well, I'm I told you that it. I remember the first time I met you. I don't Uh-oh. think you remembered. You had just drank two bottles of soy sauce, and you came to the laugh factory. <laughs> And you were like, I need some water, man. And everyone was like, what's wrong? You're like, I just drank two bottles of soy sauce. <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds right. That I was sounds like, very I accurate. love this guy. Yeah. You're like, I'm really thirsty. <laughs> um, Patrice O'Neill was at the improv. Ooh. Yeah. And you were there. And you walked up. No, no. It was, it was, uh, it was the comedy store. No, it was at the improv. Okay. It was at the improv. Okay. And I was by the DJ booth standing uh-huh. there. I think it was like before the show started. Patrice yeah. was in the back corner left. Yeah. And you came up and said something to me and I don't remember, I don't remember, I don't remember what you said to me. I don't remember any of that. I remember that I went back to Patrice and was like, man, that bitch just stole your energy. And I said, what? And he goes, ah, that was some straight up pimp shit. Did you see that? Did you see that? That was pimp shit right there. And I had had a joke about the joke was, uh, the joke was, um, you know what cops hate when you touch their faces? That was one of my jokes. You know what cops hate when you touch their faces? That's this'll, so funny. But this will work when you get pulled over and a cop comes up to you. He's like, do you know why I pulled you over? Take your finger, put it to his lips and go, shh, <laughs> and then take off, right? And Patrice had helped me write that joke. Yeah. We, I wrote it in Scotland and Patrice is one that, it, happen, it happened in real life to a flight attendant. Yeah. I was on a plane with Patrice and I was getting cut off and she's like, sorry, I can't. And I put my finger on her lips and went, shh. <laughs> and Patrice lost it. And he said, no, you got to make that about, you got you can't cop. do a flight attendant, make yeah. it about a cop. It's funnier if it's a cop. Yeah. So I did it about a cop. And then you had done something where you were talking to me and there was something on my face and you touched my face and Patrice loved it. He loved it. He was like, she stole your energy. You didn't see that? She stole your, like he was losing his shit. She touched your face and you, I, she could have said, get on your knees now and you would have fucking done it. I don't even remember what you were saying. It wasn't like, can I get, go ahead or you were, what yeah. like just a conversation. But you came up and I think you touched my ear. That's so weird. And yeah. And I was like, and, and Patrice was laughing hysterically. He was, I told you that was some pimp shit. Can I say something weird? Yeah. You telling me the story is so weirdly healing because the first time I met him he was so mean to me oh yeah that sounds right which is you know That's Patrice, not though. specific to me at all but I had carried it with me and it hurt my feelings because I was such a fan of his and I meet him for the first time because he was never in LA yeah. he was in the comedy store on the front patio with Dove and I was so honored to me I was ex- I'm a fan and I was like hi my name's Whitney so nice to meet you and he was like okay like he just was sort of dismissive of me, and uh, I was like yeah. hurt. Oh well. But now I feel like I can close can that to loop. The bottom of that very. It, there's no. I have compa- all of it. I was also a kid, and I thought that the world owed me a lot, and that everyone needed no, to be nice Patrice to me. Didn't like white women. I look. Like he just didn't like like especially a, a beautiful white woman oh, that's who's so smart and funny, and like Patrice just was like. Why are you doing this? I was annoying. I was. I mean, no. I literally like I'm no, gonna do three spots a night. I mean, I'm sure. I think I was I've talked about this before, but I remember. I remember. I do remember you touching my ear so and it's weird. so funny and then I went back and Patrice was just like eyes wide like oh shit <laughs> that's so weird and like insane that I did that yeah it's so funny I'm sorry by no, the no, way no 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 it's so funny because <laughs> there were like three times after that I'd run into you and I'd go is she gonna touch my face <laughs> 
like is this like yeah you know it's so weird i the fact that you say that i used to have such a phobia of anyone touching my face because i had such bad acne you had well no you said you actually said on a podcast one time that you would never you didn't like to get too close to people or make eye contact that's right and i heard that and i went that's so funny because every every time she was around me i was always like is she gonna get touch my face how close is she gonna get to me because patrice noticed it and i fucking was like but i didn't like i remember when you touched my i remember you touching my ears And, and and then but patrice was always like that's some straight up pimp shit she stole your energy you just fucking oh you you could have gotten on your knee that was like, a that's weird i i apologize no that is, that i fucking is, i thought it was hilarious that is odd so so tell me real quick i'll, I'll get you out of here i know you no no i no. i just pushed it i'm so sorry you um, watch me text no 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 um i want to talk about the process of getting a movie made yeah. your expectations your feelings because i watched it on the plane i have notes by the way oh yes i'm so I, do my, I. my only note my yeah. only note i love the fucking really i love yeah of course by the way first of all you you That's wrote so it nice. you directed it you With neil, were in neil it. brennan and i wrote it together yeah i and neil was great in it yeah i he saw was. um uh i was so fascinated yeah um i didn't know it was a book yeah and so and so but i was so fascinated by the i said to my wife i go you got to see this movie because there's the 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 stats they talk about the female brain the, the stuff they tell you about the female brain and why a female brain does this and what happens with sex after you've been married and yeah. i was like this is all stuff we're talking about yes. this is all very applicable in yeah. our lives my only note was uh was um and by the way i'm a big fan of his and i don't know the girl but they were i didn't like the casting of dion and the girl really That's my only note was only because mm-hmm. as me on yeah. the, it's my only thing i can say about that entire fucking yeah. movie was that I liked the storyline, yeah. but when they decided to get pr- divorced, I was so angry. <gasps> that is such an. It, this is for those of you that are don't know or do know. It was oh, so, I, spoiler alert, by so, the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not like the, they have a, a kid. And I got mystery. angry. I go, no, no, no. Stick I'm, it out. Like I'm try really, to work on it. I'm really glad that you said that. It is um, Sophia Vergara and Dion Cole. That's Sophia Vergara. Yeah, from she Modern is, from Modern Family. Yeah, she's. I. I it's so funny. I, I mean, I, I just, she's so beautiful and he's such a good looking guy yeah. and he's so cool yeah. and he seemed like such a good husband. Like, yeah. They were both working so hard. And look, I think that we, and look, and it's me and Neil. So we, we really wanted to make sure because there were so many happy endings in that movie and it's four different storylines based on four different neurological focuses, basically, for those of you that don't know. And um, we didn't want it to feel like four happy endings. We didn't want it to feel pedantic and Hollywood. And yeah. we really wanted to actually give a voice and some visibility for people that do break up. And like, there's not shame around it. Cause like, and I, I, I actually, I, th- I want to say I talked to s- someone else who watched the movie. Yeah. If it was not on that plane, it was on another flight yeah it's on delta right now yeah yeah and they said well yeah but what's it what's your option the girl's ugly or the guy's ugly and then you immediately go oh yeah and then you're like because i was like they're both so good looking yeah like i part of me goes don't they always stay together it was almost gonna be lenny kravitz and if it was Lenny Kravitz, it's Sophia Vergara. Your casting was fantastic. Two most then. gorgeous people on the planet were like, "Why?" But I think that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to go like, there is honor in just going. You know what? Let's call it because in our country, and I guess probably globally as well, like the idea of divorce is so like, are you like it can be a solution to a problem. Our life expectancy is as long as it's ever been. Getting divorced, like yeah. if that's what you want to do, cool. As long as you're not hurting the children, as long as you're mature about it, like go for it. We don't have to yeah. like you know you have an amazing marriage. Not everybody. It has something that's great you know yeah. like it, it doesn't have to be something to be ashamed of it's something that you can you know handle with class and grace like adults so we you were you were amazing in it you were amazing really you were amazing that's your so your assistant <sighs> oh, beanie she's, feldstein she's awesome yeah beanie By feldstein way, you guys probably know it from ladybird 
best neighbors one, too. Best one uh, without a doubt is uh, fucking Blake Griffin. I wife. knew you were gonna say that. I mean, I'm obsessed with her right now. She's oh, with wait, awesome. with uh, Leslie Strong. Yeah, yeah, she's from SNL. Amazing. She's honestly, I feel so, and I think again, like if you're doing a TV show and all that stuff, casting is the most important fucking it's thing. So important. I cannot wait to this. I, I can't wait to wrap this so I can walk you to your car and slowly talk to you about the thing. No, you're but, gonna no, text me. Is, and we're casting gonna... is like so yes. fucking important. It's so not only so important, but it's also finding people that can do drama and comedy. And I really tried to put like dramatic actors and in, in um, funny roles and funny actors in dramatic roles. So Cecily Strong and Sofia Vergara um, are doing dramatic work. And yeah. I got a bunch of comedians, you know, to do that. And then Toby Kebbell, who's in it, who is, did you ever see Black Mirror, the uh, entire History of You episode where he's got the thing in his ear, the English version. Uh, he was in like Planet of the Apes. Wait, which one is he? He's, um, he plays my guy in it. I like that guy. Yeah, he was a- Wait, a, is he British? Yes. I'm so glad I didn't know that. I would have hated him. <laughs> I call that cultural appropriation. I don't like when they do it. I don't like when they whitewash yeah, it with other yeah. fucking people. I don't like when the Brits come over and take our American well, fucking Well, no, I mean, that's a, a very big conversation right now. But it's a like, big conversation. You know what? Let me say something. I fucking lose my shit when I find out they're British and I go, you motherfucker, you tricked me. Well, no, there's a huge conversation a lot of my black friends with like, you can't be an English black actor and play an American slave in a movie. Like, I agree with that. There's a lot of conversation. I about would even that. go as far as Nick Kroll playing a Puerto Rican in in in. I I get annoyed when <laughs> actors like, play comics. That's that's all that bothers me. When someone's like, "Hey, everybody, what's good?" It's like yeah. that's not what we're doing. Dude, I, I lost my shit when Sandy Duncan played fucking Peter Pan. I uh, lost my shit as a kid. So wait, so wait that's so funny. Talk me through if you can. And and by the way, this is my curiosity. I can. I want to know about. You optioned the rights to that book. Uh, this is actually kind of a crazy, magical thing that happened. Um, I was really obsessed with the book. I was talking about it in my stand-up. I was talking about the neurology of like, you know, I feel like the men and women are different. Like, ugh, like that's such 80s comedy, you know? Mm -hmm. But there were so many things that I wanted to talk about, but I didn't want it to feel like, you know, I was doing some like uh, um, parody of comedy by, you know, talking about that subject. So I was really trying to make it neurologically based and educational. And um, I was at the comedy store one night and I was doing jokes about the female brain. I read this book, The Female Brain, and this I get a call the next day that my agent's like, hey, this financer wants to meet with you about a book. And I was just like, I don't want to do that. And they were like, no, I think you want to go. And he was like, I saw you at the comedy store and you should make a movie about it was like a guy suggested that I do it I never in a million years thought anyone would want to make so a neurology a movie a financier said something about it and he was like go write a script and I was like okay like it was like a cartoon Hollywood meeting like I've never had anything that auspicious or serendipitous happen yeah and then um and then I didn't want to write like a with the female brain written by a woman I was like let me make this super um non-biased and fair and yeah. neil and i are really good friends and it's like do you want to write this together and neil's super into neurology and all that kind of stuff so we wrote it lost that financer for a ton of reasons and then we had written a script for kind of no money and had no way to make it and thought that a year of my life was completely wasted and then we met this other financer this very young girl um through uh, one of our agencies who was willing to make it for a minuscule amount of money can uh, you talk about how much uh, a million bucks a movie for a million bucks is, is like, that is a microscopic. So I'm gonna do the person listening right budget. now, I'll, and I'll and because I know that yeah. this is your movie. Yeah. The person listening right now, okay, uh, they're going. So a million bucks. That sounds like a lot of money. It is no, a lot of money. Does do all the actors get paid? How much? Blake Griffin got a hundred dollars a day. For okay. Four days. Okay, that's a good. That's he a got four hundred dollars, and he has to give commission to his agent. So he probably took home with taxes two hundred bucks. Okay. All right. Um. Like. Did you did, did were there trailers on set? 
There were trailers. Uh, Sophia Vergara walked into her trailer and the drawers were full of rotten meat. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Where did you, how many locations did you shoot on? Did you shoot? We shot in, I want to say 16 days. Um, 16 days? Yeah. Some of it we had to shoot in my house. Like it was really down and Which dirty. Which one was your house? The one that... <laughs> <laughs> the what that lab no it was remember when i was in bed with the dog yeah that's my bedroom is that your dog yeah that's my dog <laughs> like so. by the way which is illegal the, the amount of illegal shit that went down on that movie yeah. you're not allowed to just use your own dog in a movie it's against <laughs> some union shit yeah. i'm having like friends come and be in scenes that's shit's illegal yeah. like had to do so much sketchy shit and um everything that could go wrong went wrong i don't know if you've ever seen lost in la mancha highly recommend it's a movie about terry gilliam trying to make the don quixote movie it's a documentary i'll watch it tonight it's uh, it, basically everything that could go wrong in the making of the movie goes wrong I don't want to spoil anything it's incredible and that's kind of what the experience was like I didn't have really? dailies I didn't have playback for those of you that don't know what it is that's what you do to make sure you're getting it so we just like got in the edit bay and we're like didn't get that like, it was really? crazy yeah it was it was crazy and thank god i cast those actors yeah i mean james marsden is such a pro like he was literally like oh that that gel needs to be over here i was like okay whatever <laughs> you know james marsden is he played the guy that had the zit that the girlfriend wanted to pop oh he is awesome he's a, so funny bro can i tell you that yeah. might have been my favorite storyline really yeah easily easily james marsden um was first of all He's a guy that I've seen in a bunch of shit, but I don't know who he is. He's been in everything and so much comedy, and he's in Westworld. Yeah, yeah, that's know? what he's in. So it's like he's just kind of in everything, and he disappears into it. He was in The Notebook and all these big romantic comedies. And that girl is, by the way, is beautiful. I liked when beautiful you took all the fucking makeup off her. Brilliant. Yeah. That storyline was so tricky for those who don't that's know. Probably, that's probably, no joke, without a doubt, my favorite storyline because, because, uh, it just played out so well when she went to see her mom and he didn't come. Not this, I'm fucking, just watch the movie, but like. Yeah, but it was really, I mean, when we screened it, women were crying at that scene and men were crying at that scene. And a lot of men were like, I had no idea that this was so hard on women. And like, we, I had no idea that you guys try to change us because you think, you know, because it's yeah. really about that. It's about a woman who's trying to change her man and thinks she has to wear all this makeup. And it's such a flimsy story. If someone pitched it to me, I'd go, that's never going to work. Oh, so Good. It's not sustainable, but I when think he said when he, when they're in the hospital, he just just leave, just leave, just leave. Yeah, you're not like you're not leaving. Oh my god, I've been there, I've been there. We were like, I don't, I don't want to see you right now. Yeah. Like, oh fucking, we James worked Marston's so hard to. He's a badass. We worked so hard to make sure that felt like a real breakup. Like they were not getting back together. Yeah, because like oh, I didn't, I did not. Yeah, by the way, I was like, I was like, good for him. That's such a like huge, huge compliment. Yeah, it was really fucking awesome. And then, uh, and so then what was the, like, did you enjoy the process? Do you think you'll do no. another movie? Um, I enjoyed working with the actors and seeing What them. did you enjoy more, writing, acting, or directing? Well, I was doing all of them concurrently, so I wasn't able to, like, enjoy any. But I think I, I <laughs> directing is, like, <laughs> directing is is really hard <laughs> I mean it's really hard I think if you don't have a lot of money because there's things you want to do but everyone's saying well you can't do that and you can't do that and I'm like well I want to shoot over there and they're like we don't have permits and you're like well I want to dress the actor in this costume well we can't afford it so it's like well I thought I was the director I thought I got to do whatever I yeah. want and they're like no basically being a director is just like managing everybody's expectations and just apologizing constantly <laughs> yeah. for the fact that like your trailer doesn't have air conditioning like I didn't realize that's what I was going to be doing um, but I learned so much and like again if the cat if I didn't have Blake Griffin 
Jackson and Cecily Strong and Dion Cole and James Marsden. It's a really impressive cast. And by the way, I don't mean to shit on uh, Dion and what and no, it's, Sophia. It's, I just didn't like how good looking they, they. I didn't like that they didn't get together. I didn't. It bothered me, and I went that oh. they didn't stay together. Yeah, because I was like, oh come on, Dion, where the fuck are you going? Like, because I know him. Yeah, so I was like, what are you doing? Oh, that's you're not really funny. Out yeah, of you're that. not gonna leave you're Sophia Vergara. You're oh, not gonna call it so quits. Funny. And I was like, and then I was like, I was like, Sophia, really? But I it's think Dion Cole. But I think here's the thing that I think was really important because if it had been someone that's unattractive by society standards, then it would have been like, well, of course they're gonna get divorced he wants to fuck other people i think the idea that they were both so fuckable was part of why i think it should be somewhat hopefully profound or resonant because like oh it's not about how hot you are like after you've been 11 together 11 years like you're gonna have seen each other for 11 years like the thrill kind of wears off after a while see i'm married 14 14 almost 15 yeah amazing and like but i'm super still in love with my wife so i think i saw it from that perspective right of like i go i go uh, if my wife looked like that I would never have a problem. Like, yeah. I have a problem now. She's still, she's trying to work on beach body on demand. Like, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I do think the idea was like, like each storyline, someone's going to relate to or someone's going to appreciate, but other yeah. ones they might not, you know, like young people are going to watch that and, you know, be like, what is this marriage shit? What, uh, what do you have coming up down the line? What do you want I'm to touring. do? I'm uh, touring. I'm doing, doing another special? I'm doing another special, yeah. Are you really? Yes, I'm putting together a special now. So I'm doing, but I'm doing it like the way that's not cool right now. Like I'm doing tours of like clubs so that I can do six shows in a row. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> it's like we're in this Instagram place where I'm like, I'm doing clubs. Like I, I do theaters, I swear. Like, no, but I, that's, I, don't, I can, I, can it, I give you my perspective? Yes. Um. Don't, I, 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 I I not to I definitely don't want to do like like I know something you don't know but like please do I think that people get caught up in being a theater comic agree and I think that they lose what made comedy fun for them in the first place and so like I'm I am not like it's it's a conversation that happens agent to client yeah. as opposed to comic to comic that's right and, and I think if comic to comic had the conversation it would be very different yeah in that you know, like I see, like I, I, I see Delia. I'll use Delia as an example because I think he's a safe space in yeah, that yeah. he knows that I like him and that that I I think very fondly of him. Yeah. But I see him doing theaters, and I go, oh fuck yeah! And then, and then if. If 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 I saw him doing a club, I go. What happened to the theaters? But yeah. I think that I, I think that, yeah. and I know that like Segura does theaters, and yeah. now he's doing clubs right now. Yeah, you do clubs to write the material. That's right. But you also there's an there's that stigmas that stigmas unneeded because you're going to make probably three times as much as, much as you more, are in a club as you are at a theater. Yeah. Unless you can do two shows. Yeah. And in which case, if you can do two shows, then it's it's just it it. I would not get caught up in that because I, I think what you need to be a better comic yeah. is six shows. That's right. I, I used to I used to shit on the guys who like I go who the fuck needs to go to the comedy store every single night and do fucking three shows a night. Yeah. Like so you're only doing 15 minutes. New York yeah. comics. I think I'm mostly about New York yeah, comics. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then I started doing it at the store and I was like, oh, that's right. You get to do that same bit within 15 minutes of each Fine other as it. opposed to. One show. What did I say last time? What did time? I say last what show? Did that get a laugh? Because that's my thing is like, I don't want to charge theater prices until the hour's popping and like perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now I'm like experimenting. I'm changing things around. I'm adding things. I'm trying new material. I'd go as far as like, I don't know what, like, 
I want to go. I wish we could do. I, I like. I wish I did a little bit of this, but it, we could do it in clubs where you go with like four really great theater acts or or, or headliners. Yeah. But like headliners who sell tickets. Yeah. And go and go guys the money's not but we're gonna sell out we're gonna add shows we're doing three shows thursday three shows this love it so no one's so no, but no one's exhausted because you're only doing like 20 minutes each yeah and you do all doing new shit i love that because, i love that because i i'm i'm there right now but like i'm i'm trying to write my new hour yeah bef- so that when that when your special comes out you can go on the road yeah and i've and i'm but i'm struggling at 32 minutes like at 32 minutes i got 32 minutes you got to be then, for you got to just book clubs where you're doing an hour and be forced to stretch yeah oh well i well i don't have any of these problems i'll tell you my problem is yeah like i don't think people have never seen me as someone who's now that you have this new abortion bit you're gonna yeah. be fine oh, yeah. this new 38 minute <laughs> <laughs> I don't. People have never seen me as the guy who struggled on stage. Meaning, yeah, I just true. did the road. I was never a guy looking to do a special. Right. So I was always doing the road. And then when I went and did a special, it was people liked it. Yeah. And and I was already so backlogged with material. I was like, yeah. I'm already ready for my next special. Yeah. And they're like, really? And then I went and did another special, like. 12 months, 13 months later wow. and that's coming out and I'm like, I still got a ton of material but for the first time I'm going up on stage and I'm I'm failing at times. I'm taking chances that I wouldn't normally have taken yeah. and I'm failing to try to write better yeah. and I think I'm afraid. My fear is that people are going to look at me and go, he lost it. It was a fluke. No, I mean, I think that this is something that like and I'm finding myself before I, you know, do shows be like, this is all new material just like I don't want people to think like this is like I'm like this isn't 100% yet like still working it out like I yeah. feel the need to manage expectations but I mean I used to watch you know and we still do like Chris Rock go up at the comedy store you know and he'd be like well that didn't work and you're like Chris something didn't work that Chris Rock said on stage like it happens at every level we're just forced to churn out so much more and now we have ma- magnifying glasses on us yeah. you know and so it's if- like there's got to be an easier way to do it you can't even do it at the store anymore I I don't. I go to Flappers in Burbank. Flappers and fucking Sycamore. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, the Sycamore Tavern. I've seen you that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like am looking for shithole like places to just work on. Fun to go up and nowhere. Joey Diaz is the king of finding. The king. I know. Well, he's got Ha Ha Cafe on Wednesday, so I started. Yeah, yeah, I started. Joey doing it. Is he doing it on Wednesday? He goes Wednesday. I think nine thirty. Yeah, something. Rooms are fucking. But I go to Flappers four times a week. Yeah. Just to like perform in front so of people. So you're going to do a new special. I'm on the road doing a new special and I think I'm going to do a show. I don't really know where yet. We're literally in the middle of dealing with it right now. That's uh I can't really. Oh, like a yeah. like a show. What yeah, you say, like a, a TV show, yeah, okay. that I'm that I'm writing with Lee Daniels who's awesome. Lee Daniels is from the Twins? He's a Expos? <laughs> the what? Is he a professional baseball player? <laughs> I don't think so. Even if he was, I wouldn't know his name. So that's how I know he's not. No, he did the movie Precious. He does that show Empire. I'm doing that. I know who Lee Daniels is. I'm doing that because you did the, oh! the dish. You were like, he owns the, the Giants or something. <laughs> you said Lee Daniels. I know exactly who he is. But I'm going to be placed for the Expos. I don't even think the Expos are a thing anymore. I think the Expos aren't even a When you said anymore. the Expos, I was like, like, an, like a conference, like a... Oh, uh, fuck me. Like a video game Expo? Like I didn't oh. And why aren't you doing a solo podcast? Uh, that's a really interesting question. I've had conversations about it. I'm the same reason you don't want to send texts to people. Um, I haven't done a podcast. I'll I like, tell you what, I started doing I don't want to bother people. Nope, I started a solo podcast. I'm, I'll be very honest, and I've said this to these two people. Uh, Chris D'Elia and Theo Vaughn. 
You told them to do podcasts? I, no, 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 no. Oh. I saw that they were doing solo podcasts and I was watching them and I was enjoying them. And I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, it's funny. They're fucking just writing. They're writing on the fly. Yeah. They're coming up with stuff. And I thought, I thought I've always wanted to do one, but I don't know if I could just talk like yeah. Chris straight to camera. Yeah. And, or Theo, I don't like, they're, they're really good at, at like, at like making them saying one word, a 15 minute bit. And I can't do that. Like, I mean, Theo's on some next level shit, right? I mean, he just kills me. I just... He's... By the way, he... I will tell you, mm-hmm. we did this thing called uh, Reality Bites Back. Me, Amy, Shin, I remember you know, that, a bunch yeah. Of, a bunch of comics. I think that's why you were drinking the soy sauce. It was. Yeah. It was. And, uh, and Theo Vaughn... Um, was the funniest human any of us he have ever met. He clowns me when I tell this story because every time I see him, I tell this story to whoever's around. Yeah. He made me laugh as hard as anything's ever made me laugh. One time we were in a airport, like literally like the West Virginia airport. And you know when you run into a comic in the airport and you're just like, hey man, like yeah. even if you've never met them before, it's like your family all of a sudden. You're yeah. like, oh, what club were you at? What the, you know? And I ran into him. But normally you make a thing. Hey, where were you coming from? Where, yeah. uh, where are you flying out? He was sitting. It was like these two couches that were back to back. He was sitting. I sat down like next to him. I turn. You can't miss his hair. So I look and I see. I'm like, holy shit. That's Theo. That's Theo. There's a television in the upper right hand corner um, of the gate. And I look over and I'm like, hey, Theo, what's up, man? Whitney, how are you? And he goes, hey, what's up? He looks up at the TV without missing a beat. No, like, where did you fly in from? It's 5 a.m. VH1 is on. He looks at VH1 and he just goes, VH1, talk about a network without a game plan. (laughs) (laughs) Like, honestly, no one else thinks that's as funny as I do. But it was just the fact that I sat down and he was just like, hey, VH1. Like he was just, it was so surprising and it was so funny and it was so, no one would say that. He, um, I'm not even joking when I say I haven't talked to Amy in, in fucking years. Yeah. For some reason, I I've, I connected very easily with Amy. I yeah. felt like she she looks a lot like my oldest daughter. Yeah, and uh, and my, and she was be she was really good friends with my sisters. Like would stay at my sister's house when when she came into L.A. Yeah. But they all just connected really quickly. Yeah, and uh, Amy and I were watching Theo Vaughn interact with Michael Ian Black, and Michael Ian Black could not figure out why what the joke was. And we were dying laughing, and he Theo was just being so funny. So and he funny. was try, not trying to. I saw him the other day, but not to, not to blow up Theo's spot. But like I, he, I did a show in San Francisco, and him, but it was like Clusterfest, so it's a bunch of comics walking around. Mm-hmm. Him and a bunch of other guys went up before me. I didn't yeah. say open for me, but went up before me, and uh, they opened for me. And so, uh, <laughs> and I watched Theo sit down on a stool in front of an audience. And just fucking work out a story. And Murder. I was like, I was like, bro, people forget he was on the fucking road rules. People forget he was on road rules. You just reminded me of that. He was on road. You have no idea how hard it is to go from fucking road rules to stand up comedy. No idea. The, the transition was so difficult for him and Christina Pajinski that when you see them. And I remember. Was Christina was, on road rules? Oh, yeah. What? Christina Pajinski was on like the second season of road rules when they went to Australia. What? Yo, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I forgot. I might do a solo podcast on Christina on Road Rules. Do We're that. We're doing open tabs. I on- have to do my call. Do you want to do it now and I'll go do my call and come back? No, 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 no. We'll wrap this it'll up. It'll take Let's- five minutes, but I want to keep talking to you. But it'll- do, your, do your call. Okay. And we'll cut here. Okay. Yeah, and we we'll can cu- come back. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Sorry about that. That's okay. Are we back? Yes. Is that rolling? Uh, thank you. Um, I have to think about that. Was it a good, a positive conversation? Uh, yeah, sure. It was conference call. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, great, 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 great. So, I hate conference calls. Great. Which one of you on this call is going to sue me in three years? Oh. oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm also so shiny because I was standing outside with your chickens and I'm sweating. Oh, well, we kept the AC on. I look like a Might as well just keep wax the AC on. figure, probably. I've been fucking hot as shit. That's why we're trying to buy a location uh-huh. to, my, well, my wife and I are trying to buy a location to do the podcast in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so the, I have a real estate agent. Shout out to Dana Coronado, uh, who's maybe I shouldn't have said her name. Um, yeah, now you're never gonna hear from her again. She's yeah. gonna have so many clients. Uh, but she is trying to send me locations. One of the places is a church. It's an old church. I like that. Yeah, I know. That's cool. It's pretty badass. You uh, could rent like an office or something. Uh, I could. I want to. This is this. This is great. I know, but Why I don't I, like. I don't mind having. It's interesting. I think because I have little girls, I don't mind oh. you coming here. I don't mind Nikki Glazer coming uh, here. I don't. I don't mind the majo- vast majority, but then there tricky, are some people where you're tricky. like, we're like, oh yeah, maybe we could do this at night when my kids yeah. are asleep. And then there's even some people where I'm like, yeah, I don't know you at all, and I just told you everything about where I live. Right. I didn't even think of that. That's so tricky. I wouldn't mind doing it. I wouldn't mind doing it in. Uh, I wouldn't mind buying a location. Yeah, that's smart. Keep but you gotta separation do, I would. I would say, you'd, you'd, I would love Uber to Uber has ruined do. that for me. 900 guys know where I live now. So I'm oh, just yeah. like, whatever, I'm going to die soon anyway. Uh, I said, I really got in trouble the other day. Why? Uh, I was at a, um, I was at a uh, shoe place. Uh-huh. Uh, I won't tell you the one but it's that one i don't know if you ever go to the one that one shoe don't don't worry anyway uh it's for running and so uh the girls is there's this one girl's very pretty uh i know everything about her now because the woman goes can i get your phone number and the girl gives out her phone number she goes can i get your address and the girl gives out her entire address yeah and i said there's got to be a better way to do that like Thinking out loud, too much coffee. Yeah, jumping into a conversation like, "Excuse me, I go. I, I know where you live. Like that's fucking, oh, like because you were standing next to yeah. her and you got her address. And I go, I know where you live. And she went, okay. And I was just like, that. I'm, I mean, I'm not it's a threat, weird. but like, that's you can't do that. But also, and then they were I, like, I, the only thing worse than like, I'd actually rather you come to my house and attack me than get whatever offering they're sending. I'd yeah. rather get you than shitty mail. <laughs> yeah, I would much rather. You would the, be a yeah. delight. If you showed up at my door, I'd be thrilled. If I get one fucking Bed Bath & Beyond coupon, I'm going to lose my mind. It's crazy. Like, sometimes I'll talk shit to people. Like, I talk shit to some these two guys. One time we're walking down my street really slow. Yeah. And they were in the center of the street. And I pulled, I'm pulling down the street. And they're not moving. And I honk. And the one guy goes, the fuck? What are you going to do? And I was like, and I honk again. What are you going to do? And he just, nothing, nothing, nothing. I will do nothing. And he walks very slowly around my car and he's like, get beat it. And then I pulled it's on your 20 street? feet into my house and I was like, now he knows where I live. <laughs> I'm, I'm I actually would love to see the fucking, he's so lazy that I'm not oh, worried. Can I, can I pitch you? Yes. This is, I, this is a, I thought of this yesterday. I was like, Uh-oh. I want to, I want to do a TV show called cold opens. Like a great cold open can really sell us. By the way, one of my favorite pilots ever was Yes Dear. Did you ever see the pilot of Yes Dear? Oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. This is I one of the best remember it. pilot. I think really? this is how I you think Mad s- About You and Cheers are my two favorite pilots. Multicam pilots, yeah. Oh, Yes Dear's pilot. Ellen is fucking excellent too. Ellen? Ellen, the Ellen pilot. Can I pitch you Yes Dear's pilot? Yes. Tell me this isn't the funniest thing either, ever. Uh, 
the Mike and Molly guy, not Mike and Molly, uh, uh, Mike O'Donnell, Mike O'Dowell, Mike, Mike, whatever happened to him? He used to be a big actor. <laughs> you haven't said his name yet. I don't uh, know. Who. Guy, not, not Anthony Clark, the other guy. Uh, Brad Garrett? No, from Yes, dear. Mike. Oh, uh, uh, Mike O'Malley. O'Malley. Yeah. Right. I said Mike Molly. <laughs> Mike, Mike and Molly. Mike O'Malley. <laughs> I feel like that happens to him <laughs> constantly. Him and his wife. He was wife. a comic, right? No. Oh, wow. I, I think he was an actor. He's just straight up actor. Oh, God, I got it, I got it. Um, he was an actor who wore a hat. And so, by the way, I'm not shitting on him. I like so him. So, a homeless person. Yeah. So, he, um, <laughs> him and his wife go out and they're they're planning on moving to LA. They're trying, you can like, and Anthony Clark's character all the time is like, they want to move in with us. They want to move in with us. And his wife's like, it's his, I think they're sisters. She's like, get to know him. He's a great guy. So the whole premise is their kid's going to have his first steps. And Anthony Clark the whole time is wanting to videotape his kid getting his first steps. Yeah. And so then the two moms say, you know what? We're going to go out and have a spa day. Why don't you guys hang out? And Anthony Clark's like, I have nothing in common with the guy. So the guy says to him, Michael Ma- or Anthony Clark says we should go to the park and he goes okay we go to the park they go to the park and they realize there's a casino right around the corner he goes let's just go to the casino so like alright so they go to the casino and, and Anthony Clark starts winning I love this pilot so much he starts winning he starts winning big and in the middle of his winning his kid takes his first steps and he grabs the camera and shoots it and captures his kid's first steps except they're in a casino right oh so and this we can't show it to his wife we can't show it to his wife great we went to a casino great so he goes Mike O'Malley says, don't worry. My buddy's a graphic designer. He's a graphic artist. He's an editor. It's a green floor. Great. We'll just green screen it. That is gr- fucking awesome. So they come home. Great. And the women come home. And Anthony Clark's waiting for Mike O'Malley. And they're like, hey, how was your day? And they're like, oh, my God, the baby's walking? And he's like, he is, he is. And they're like, did you get it on camera? And Mike O'Malley walks in. And he goes, actually, we did. And I've got the footage. And he's like, how's it look? He's like, you're going to Is he like it. in a forest and or And he something? puts it in. And it's, and it's the kid walking in the park. It looks perfect. It looks oh! fucking perfect. And then the kid starts walking on water. <laughs> was dying i was like this is my new favorite show and then i only watched that episode when was this this is this is when it came out in 2000 yeah it was in 2000 yeah yeah the um, smart that was courtney thornsmith was she the wife no 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 i, I wish i wish i they're both like big sitcom actors so i yeah. think i've seen them other stuff yeah that the was, um and then was that not a Jim Belushi? I, I mix all those up. No, I read for the Mike O'Malley character. So oh. I was in a deal at CBS at the time. Right. And they said, we have this pilot. Yes, yes, dear. Yeah. Um, we want you to play uh-huh. like uh, the Mike O'Malley character. And so I was like, okay. Did you have to audition for Mike O'Malley to so, play Mike O'Malley? Yeah, yeah. And I had to play Mike O'Malley. How'd that go? He was on. in the room. Yeah. He was a really interesting sitcom story. He had the biggest deal ever, like at the time at NBC, I think. Yeah. And the Michael Malley show. Yeah. And he lost a ton of weight to play the role. And like meaning like he got he became he went LA. He lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. And he wasn't the guy they initially found and it fell apart. And it's a, they say it's the lowest rated sitcom ever. That they because he got he lost weight and yeah. we liked you before. And so that was when I got into the into development, they were like, Do not lose weight. Wow. They're like, stay like you are. They've and never I, said that to a woman ever. 
Isn't that crazy? Yes. They're like, lose weight. Wait, do people ever say that to you? Um, I got, no, because I was always too skinny, I think. Because yeah. I, I mean, which looks kind of normal, I guess, on camera based on like actress standards. I think that's changing a lot right now. But I was, I had really bad under eye bags on camera. So the way that they light a sitcom, we've been talking about sitcoms so much today. By the way, I'm, by the way, I'm fascinated. I think part of me feels like there's so many people in this world that are into television, they're into this business, they're interested in how you make a movie, that, that if you share the behind the scenes stuff, the stuff that's fascinating, I think people will go, whoa. See, I thought about talking about it on stage as well. I thought about talking about like the whole Roseanne thing on stage. And like, I, I just, I for some reason assume that it's so boring to people to hear about work and it sounds like I'm bloviating and being like an egomaniac. So you know, right now, right now, everyone that. listening is going, please talk, talk about, about it. Stuff. I know. Like it's fascinating. Well, it's the way that basically multicams are lit is they light the set, not the actor. So the way movies and single cam shows The Office is that, well, The Office is tricky because they kind of shoot single cam, multicam. It's a bad example. So does Modern Family. What's it? Give me a single cam show. Um, New Girl is that they're able to light the actor. So everyone gets their own light. They can do a ring light around the camera. Everyone looks great. A multicam, they, it's a play. So they just light the set and then you walk into it. If you look like shit, it's just kind of not our problem. And there's so many actors in each scene that they have to just light everything. And so for me, I used to have really bad eye bags. Really I'm, bad. I do not see that. Well, I was also working 18 hours a day and I wasn't sleeping when uh, I was doing okay, that, that TV show because I was sense. not trusting the writers and I was didn't and I was doing every job and I didn't know how to delegate and I was just under a tremendous amount of stress. My mom had a stroke and blah, blah, blah. and so I had really bad Is eye bags. Is mom still alive now? Uh, my dad is not. My mom is. Yeah. They oh. both had strokes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But my mom is alive. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. I answered that weird. Yeah, um, I, because <laughs> I, I like didn't, it was weird. I didn't want to let you down by saying she was alive. <laughs> so I, I want like, to live up to your expectations. My dad's dead though. Sadness. Is that, do I get any my credit dad's for dead. Yeah. Are we good? Yeah. Kids like my mom's alive is such a boring answer. So I was like, <laughs> well, this made me more interesting. I have tragedy. I swear. Um, and, uh, and so I had really bad under eye bags and there was like this thing of like, we got to take a week off because Whitney looks like a fucking crack addict. Um, and so I went to all these doctors and it's so funny that people are always giving me shit because people think that I got like work done or something it's actually the opposite I went to all these doctors and I was like what happened and normally they would put filler in your face that's yeah. what people use in their face to fill in but this doctor told me your face would look so crazy with filler in it. like you would just look like a blowfish because of the way my face is or something so he was like you're not allowed to get that you're just never allowed to eat salt while you're filming so really? because it's water it's water. It's just the way that like there's fat, but it's also the way that your face retains water. Or I got this great eye thing done to me the other day on set where they put these little things under they, and then she took a steel thing. Yeah. And, and roll, ran my rolled fluid it out. for the inflammation. Yeah, look, that, I looked, f I, I was like, thank you. Something really great is you can put them in the fridge also. So when my you put, eyes? it's like having a little ice bath, right? Yeah. Like what, that's what it does for your body. I've got them in, my, in the fridge. A little face uh, mask. Yeah. They're a little pink. Uh, these little green things. I, I like them. Yeah. They can also fix it in post now. Also, they can do digital makeup, oh, which is real? like, yeah, I learned that. You learned that directing movie where you're just like, don't worry about the lighting right now. We'll just fix it in post and clean it up. I want to get a skin peel. Really? Yeah, because I have this. I have a lot of skin sun damage on my forehead from being on Travel Channel. Yeah, where it's like almost like discoloration where your 
face got the most of the sun. Here's what I'll say, though. The one thing, and I'm not a dermatologist, but the one thing I do know about lasers and skin peels is they thin your skin, so you oh, age I faster and you have less that. sun protection. I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm not getting out of the sun, so I might as well just not worry yeah, about it. Yeah, microneedling, I think, might be good. That's kind of the thing that's supposed to work. And then the vampire facial, which I did. What's which a they, vampire facial? They take your blood, they spin it. Get the hemoglobin? To <laughs> <laughs> to separate the protein-rich plasma. That's what you want. Ro- Rogan's on this shit. You can put it in your joints. You can put it in your tissues. You can put it in injuries. You can also put it back into your skin. And it's supposed to help. It's fucking expensive and it hurts like all fuck. But I've done that a couple times. I would do... I'd be into that. I'm always into yeah. that. Like, I, like that... It's I'm supposed to be good for baldness also. I had a friend. I won't say his name. Jay Moore. So no, no. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> no. I don't think that's what Howard Stern know, does. I don't think he has. He's, I don't think he's super vain about that shit. Yeah. No, I have no idea. I'm just, no, no. I, no. Oddly yeah. enough, I think people think he is. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't spoken to Jay in probably ten years. Really? Yeah. We, we had a fallen out, but uh, yeah. He, but the one thing I have to say you, about you're, him is you're, that, I don't think you're the only person. <laughs> there's a. He's had a. He's had a few of those. I think. I think. Yeah. And but. uh so friend He's of not, I, I never found him to be vain about how he looked. Yeah. Like, well, you also enough. haven't talked to him in 10 years. Yeah, you're yeah, right. I don't know. I'm yeah. just... Uh, I care about my hair loss, but not enough to do anything about it. But you it. don't have it bad. I have it bad in the back and the top. Really? Yeah. This protein-rich plasma, it's supposed to generate growth of the hair you already have. I'll do it. So they'll put like a million injections into your head and it's supposed to work. I, I think I it works. That. I don't know. I, I literally... You look great. I lived on diet soda and adrenaline for 15 years. So the fact that I even am presentable to society at all is a fucking miracle. I, uh, so I think it must work. My wife is the rock in the ocean that just goes, hit me with your hardest wave. When it comes to aging, she doesn't give a fuck. I love that. Uh, but she also doesn't have to be on high-def television constantly. Uh, that's why I want to get her on a sick... No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to play my wife on my sitcom. It's called No Dear. She... she uh, my wife was a... Who? this is hardcore. No, I can't even share this. Okay, don't. Um, uh... But I mean, I wish I could do that. Oh I just, God, it's you like Greek out you, you're fucking, you know what? I can't believe you just noticed that I don't do it. I did work on, I did Steve Burns movie. Yeah. I and know. They did this. I heard Steve Byrne has a movie and you didn't and cast all his fucking friends. I love that you and Delia the fuck, said Steve? the same thing. Yeah. He is uh, directing a movie. And yeah. It's called uh opening act, opening act. Yeah. And you're, you're bummed. You weren't in it. Oh, I, no, I'm not. By, by the way, no, in, yeah. in all honesty, no, yeah. but yeah, a yeah. lot. There is a Burt Kreischer role. And, and Tom's girl played you, it. You, <laughs> I know. He called me for Tom's number. Wait, is that true? Yeah. He called me for Tom's number. I was joking. No, he called me. He goes, uh, but no, I don't First know. First of all, who calls anyone? He texted me and he said, no. uh, he goes, do you have Segura's number? And I was like, yeah. And so I texted Tom. I go, Hey, Steve Burnwell, you know, Tom's really, we got a new phone because he doesn't like people calling him. Uh, so he's really weird about people calling him. Yeah. And I go, hey, Steve Burn, I'm going to give him your number. Is that cool? And he's like, I already talked to him. I was like, oh, cool. What was it about? And he was like, I guess he needs me for, he wants me to be in a movie. Yeah. And then I was like, well, we're similar casting. What the huh. fuck did he call me? Huh. I've known him. I was like, I wanted to go. Or if you're going to cast someone that's like you, don't ask you for his number. Yeah. Ask that's, me. Yeah. 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 Ask me yeah. for ask someone number. else for fucking yeah, don't. number. <laughs> fucking asshole. How the fuck? I've known him, by the way. I've been friends with him Steve? so much longer than Tom Segura. So much longer than Tom Segura. How's he put to... I understand. You got to fucking... You got to make your money back. You got to take your most famous friends. But fucking nothing? I get nothing in this? Look, you'll be in reshoots, I'm sure. You would have had to drive out to Brea. I could do that drive. 
You just said you don't care about doing movies. We just went no, through it's, this. It, no, it's the fact that Steve Burns making a fucking movie and he didn't put me in it. That's what pisses me off. Oh, I cannot wait until I get something and I'm going to cast. I'm going to make a Burt Lives with 90 Asians and I'm not putting Steve Byrne in it. There are 90 Asians who are all mixed Asian, half Irish, half Korean, and Steve Byrne's not going to have a no, fucking part. No, but you have part. to call Steve and go, hey, do you know anyone hey, Steve, who looks a- like half Asian, half Irish? Yeah, yeah. Hey, do you know uh, Roy Choi's number? The guy that's Do you have Dad Fan's number? Fucking dick. Fucking dick. He didn't put DeLeo in it either? He's not a dick. He's a fucking dick. No. Steve, Steve Byrne's a dick. No, he's, he's not. He's a fucking dick. That's not Steve true. Steve Byrne is a self-centered fucking dick. <laughs> fucking soundbite that and put it in a fucking meme. Steve is... Steve is gave me my first uh he road, gave you a break road gigs oh fuck yeah. yeah 13 years ago it's actually kind of an amazing story that reveals a lot about how much of a piece of trash and dirt bag i am i am starting to do stand-up i had done last call with carson daly like a i was not prepared at all and like i did well but i was just like telling jokes i was like an open yeah. micer and I guess they like needed a girl or something. I actually ended up writing on the show after that. That was like my first paying job, actually. Um, and uh, and Steve Byrne sent me a MySpace, and he's like, "Hey, if you're ever in New York, let me know, and I'll get you some some spots." And I'm thinking like, "Okay, I guess I have to like flirt with this guy in order to get you know." So not Steve. So literally, I'm like, "Thank you so much, smiley face, smiley face." I'm coming out to New York in two oh. months. Da 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 da. XOXO, Whitney. And then I come out to New York. He sends me a list of spots. He gets me spots at Stand Up New York, yeah. the Improv when it was open, Comic Strip Live. He sends me like eight spots at clubs that I am not at all qualified to perform at, and I've never met him. And so then I'm like, I'm gonna have to fuck this guy. <laughs> like I'm thinking like, Ugh. <laughs> and then I'm like, so c- can we meet? Like I'm thinking I have to like go on a date with him or like have coffee. He's like, nah. He shows up at Comic Strip Live, and I'm like, I guess I have to go on a date with this guy. He shows up with the hottest girl I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, the fact that I thought he had any interest in me, what a narcissistic monster. He's just that nice of a fucking guy. He really is. It's, it's a, and that's what I think burns so bad why he fucked me over like that. Aww. He's just such a, I mean. He oh, didn't fuck you over. He fucked me in the ass because he's a dick. He's not a dick. He fucking Sullivan's <laughs> son. Didn't even read for a fucking part. I neither Ooh. did I. Yeah, there's no fucking chicks in it. Oh, wow. You got your own two sitcoms, Steve Byrne. I'm going to make a show. I'm going to fucking write a script. I'm going to write a script and I'm going to put it online and go, guys, hey, guys, I want to get this GoFundMe for it's the, it's just, called the Anti-Steve Byrne Project. <laughs> fucking. Actually, the better thing to do would just be to make a movie called The Opening Act. Called the Steve Byrne And Born try story. to get it out before his movie. <laughs> just a competing just, opening act movie. Just all comics. Out. And you and Neil Brandon. <laughs> Just get a competing movie going so that he has to at least change the title, which is a fucking logistical nightmare. Um, (laughs) I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I saw I had I watched his documentary on the amazing Jonathan. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. It's a great documentary. Great. Great. I should watch. I'm I'm so behind. I'm a big supporter of Steve Burns. Yeah. 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 I've been friends with him for a very long time. Like you would never say that about him if you didn't love him. Oh yeah, I, mean, I can't. I can say like I'm gonna Chris trash Lee this movie can... until the day it comes out, so it gets press. I'll trash it every fucking day. Uh, fucking then I'm gonna write a review. I'm gonna write a review like about a Rotten Tomatoes. I'm gonna write a review as a as a journalist, like a mock journalist, <laughs> and just destroy Segura in it. And the role could have been played better by another by, guy. By Bert. By, by way, who? Oh, John Caparulo. I was just yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, I haven't heard that name in forever. No. Nah. Um, I'm good with pulling names out of fucking nowhere. God. Don't make me drop a rusty dually I'm not good reference. At, I'm not good at casting. Really? I'm not good at casting I'm people. I'm weirdly, I have a weird 
I think because I see myself as such an outsider, I see, I'm really good at casting. Really? I'm good at like four things and that's one of them. Um, yeah. I'll, yeah. Like who would be the voice of your dog in a movie? Who would be Mona in a movie? Who would you cast? Oh. Like that's the kind of shit that I love. That's a really fun. That's a really that's a fun game to it's play. It's a very fun game. The most of the voice of Mona. And then who would play you in a movie? Who would play me in a movie? I love that shit. The voice of Mona would be Cristela Alonso. That's great. So I have a dog that's a hundred percent Rosie Perez. My Mona is Rosie Perez. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. It's just like yeah. incontrovertible. Everyone yeah. that's seen her is like Ro- Rosie Perez. Like yep. Like it's just. I have um, a dog that is um, John Krasinski. I don't even know why. Priscilla would be, what's a really dumb big woman? I'm going to get in trouble if I. Oh, that's a really horrible question to ask. (laughs) That's a really. What if I just got up and left? What's a a horrible question? Never mind. I can't figure out the mind. You know what I like better? I like what. I know we can't support Louis, but I, or no, well, baskets. It wasn't Louis. Yeah. How they put Louis Anderson. It's like you can also cast. Okay, that, okay. You so know. I'm looking for, I'm looking for like a big, gay dude. Uh, but still, is just so stupid. Like a Louis Anderson in. Yeah. I mean, but he's smart. But anyone can play stupid. Yeah. We, what, I'll tell you a fun game that we play that you'll probably enjoy. Give it. Is uh, do a comics act, but don't. But don't, but don't say the words. Just make the noises that the words make. The, so do, do Chris D'Elia, do Chris D'Elia, but don't say words. Okay. Like I'll do, I'll do Tom Segura. Does okay? he say words? I'll do, I'll, I'll do Tom Segura. Ready? Uh, okay. 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 Because you know, I wanted to do a stand-up show like ten years ago that it was like cover comics, where comics would come and do other comics acts. Oh, yeah. But you would do their jokes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. would do like the machine. Oh, I'd love for someone to do it. <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah, you're probably fucking sick of it by now. But just like the idea of like you do, you know, uh, Christina's act, or like oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll do Nikki Glaser's act. Like it's just such a funny, dumb little exercise. But it also helps when people do impressions of me. You know, Melissa Villasenor does this amazing impression of me, and when she does it, people go crazy. And I'm like, I, that's not me at all. And you realize, oh no, that it, it, it helps hold a mirror up to you. Yeah. You know? Yep. And uh, okay, so Crystalia. Without using the words. Because <laughs> this is hard. I'm, yeah, I, 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 I'm doing them in my head. Oh, you're doing it in your head. Well, I just, I'm picking one bit. <laughs> well, okay, no, but I want to also go like, because he, when he does impressions of girls, it's like, nah. Yeah, that's going viral right now. <sighs> No, what he's like, huh? Like he's also gets angry now. Hey, hey, me. You're just making him sound stupid. No, but like, hey, I'm doing Like, cause he does this thing now where he's like, you know, I mean, you know, I'm right. That's what I'm going to. Yeah, like, and there's a lot of him laughing at himself. Uh, th- this is a really hard, fun game. Yeah, Ari Shafir, you ready? Oh, oh that's hard. Oh, that's pretty good. What about Rogan? It is. 
<laughs> okay, who else? Um, I could try to do you. Oh, I don't even know what I. I don't even. I don't even think that I. You know. So, uh, who, uh, uh, yeah. That's mine. Oh, bu- 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 I feel like we're going crazy. Oh. Uh, give me another one. Uh, Sebastian. <laughs> oh, this one's Hold on. good. This, this one's is good. good. I can't wait. This I can't one's wait. really good. Hey. Hey, yeah? Hey. 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 Bill Burr, Bill Burr. Yeah, like Bill Burr. Um, wait. Um, it's like Rogan, but faster. I'm sweating. Me too. Oh. No, Burr is more like. I think Oh, that's surprisingly harder than it looks. I know. Hold on. Kevin Hart. Oh, I think th- I don't think you can do black people as I think good it's idea, like good racist. idea. Smart. Okay. <laughs> Cat Williams. I mean, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. You, I guess. Yeah, yeah, look, if you want to be progressive, then we can do Kevin Hart. Neil. Too. Neil Brennan. Wait, but it's like, there's also that sometimes. Okay, Chappelle. Hold on. Wait, no, no, no. His his voice gotten a lot deeper. It's. I mean Oh there you go yeah. That's right That's you got it I don't think I can do it <laughs> Mike slapped Wait there's gotta be more There's gotta be Mark Maron Oh Mark Maron yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Hold on <laughs> I just, like you scream and I'll cry, and together it'll you make the I perfect cry. sound. You need two we'll harmonize. It's almost like, oh, yeah. It's just like this is funny shit. <laughs> this is the funniest it's ever been. Uh, who who pointed this out? Because mm-hmm. you know, there's an old theory. Method Man once said, "It's not what you're rapping about; it's what you sound like." That really that was, that, that was what the harmony yeah and so um and so i remember applying that in my head and then we were with rory uh albanese yeah and rory albanese was saying i i, I forget how the conversation started but we were saying that the great comics you can almost mimic yes, with, yes you yes. can mimic their intonation yes if you make a noise you can say it's, it's like it's almost like pacing with rate of utterance it's and like music yeah well and that's so, what, like chris rock talked about like yeah, he had, oh chris rock is he's easy like a one. pastor yeah and so you 
it really is what you see separate people and you go, oh, that's what they sound like yeah. when they, and it's almost makes you comfortable. Yeah. And so, um, and so we did a tell, which that's is, which was really easy. And then I, but I've never gotten this deep. <laughs> I just hope that everyone finds it as I was going to say I feel like we're going to we get in do. a lot of trouble for doing this I think look it's all coming out of love the uh, that's fucking fascinating I, um, I think I think it's, but I think the, Bobby Lee uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 it's so funny because I've, I've been texting with uh, three of my close friends I'll mm. just say uh, that and I've been saying I, I'm actually I'm losing my mind about it. I think it's made me crazy because now all I can hear is people sounding different. Wow! First, like sound different first, then write different. And so and so I started going. Well, is that the thing? Is that the thing that like every comic goes? What advice could you say? Hey, find your voice, not find what you want to write about. Right, find right, what you sound like. Because if you sound like Seinfeld, Louis Anderson, Roseanne Barr, yeah. they all Dice Clay, they all sound different. Well, it's also I mean Sam Kinison and Bob Cat Goldthwait used to have problems with each other because they sounded, they sounded alike. Yeah, I mean, here's what I'll say. Like, and I, I don't know if this is real or not, but I heard somebody say once and this is bullshit but it's interesting it'll get us to something interesting which is like a comedian is someone who writes funny jokes and a comic is someone who sounds funny yeah. like you can write great jokes and they're not funny or you can just be saying drivel and the way like Roseanne everything she says is hilarious yeah it, I'm not Roseanne rest in peace um but I remember we were like in auditions for the Roseanne show and she'd just be like hey how are you and we were laughing and I was like, is this because I'm, it's like Pavlovian? Like I've heard her be funny so many times, Probably. but there's also something so funny just, and it's almost like she, she's confused by it. Cause everyone's just always laughing at everything she says. There's just something, what she says is also funny, but she just sounds funny. There's a, there's like, like Mark Norman, Joe List, they sound fun like when you, yeah mark, mark norman can make me yeah. laugh yeah can legit make me laugh sebastian i think can do that he's like hey how are you and i'm laughing and i don't even know why and then look at john mulaney's special yeah. by the way fantastic i, I literally a fantastic special excellent i will always i will always be real about a special yeah. i just won't mention it if i didn't like it yeah my daughter we were going to a dodgers game my yeah. daughter isla's doing his bit about no. the baby arm out the this is what you do you break the window and wave that's an aggressive way to make a left turn she's doing the bit to her friends and i'm listening to it and i go awesome. and i go whoa 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 is awesome. this your bit she goes no i heard some guy say it on netflix and i went what and then my other buddy eric's like oh it's john mulaney's bit and i was like oh my god my daughters are quoting other comics in the that's back of so my cool. car oh, but, oh, tricky. but john but john mulaney sounds like an old he, well, tiny john radio sounds radio like guy. a radio host yeah, yeah. He, like an auctioneer and then well, huh? yeah well, well, it's really it's really it's interesting because i actually think i mean not to get back to the hannah gatsby of it all but it's like that's a, like I think was so exciting because it's like, oh, we can like elevate and be wear suits and dress up and like yeah. you know comedy can be comedy can be whatever the fuck it wants to be yeah like, and I think by the way we cannot find we we look for the Hannah Gatsby quote oh. we can't find it I, oh, I don't know if she down. deleted it I'm sure she did because, if it got that kind of reaction yeah it got a very visceral reaction but I don't have a problem with comedy being that. Yeah. I would love to hear what it sounded like. Like I'm Can obviously. Can you imagine I'm not, if all comedy was the fucking same? I think it's so great that we tune in and one time it's emotional, the next time it's hilarious, the next time the guy's in the suit, the next time the guy's the machine, the next yeah. time it's it's Sebastian. Like we, we shouldn't be homogenous. That's. I remember listening to uh, Anthony Jeselnik 
on his special where he did like 30 minutes about talking about Comedy Central. And I was like, oh, it was fucking amazing. Making fun of him? Oh, for 30 minutes. For 30 minutes. I didn't know that. And it was like he did his, he did 30 minutes of, of like what he does, you know, like uh, real edgy shit. Yeah. And then he talked about this one, the reason he doesn't. Yeah. And then like I feel like he goes high on his setups. Daniel Tosh, we didn't do Tosh. Oh, this is gonna sound crazy. Uh oh. But you can you can if you start with Todd Glass, you can work your way to Daniel Tosh. What? I know, and that sound crazy. There's a part of it's not it's not close, but they're really close friends. So they they talk a lot. It's like Ogerson and Attel when you're like yeah, it's like Ogerson and Attel like. I'm trying to think of a Daniel Tosh. I joke. can't think of Tosh. Tosh, oh, like a Tosh joke. He's very like. I have to work with the face first. Yeah. The expression and then the voice for some reason. Tosh is like. Like it's really. Like sometimes he's like. I'm doing, I'm doing a bad job. I feel, I feel like it's more like fast for some reason. I don't know why. He's like, he's such a sniper. Like, yeah, he's, he's a great joke writer. I remember like he had been doing a show for a while and he came to the comedy store. This must have been like three years ago. And he... And it was sort of like he came in. And it was like, oh, TV guy. Let's let's see, fucking see, see if you still got it. You know, oh, there's this kind of this like joy that I think comics take in someone who's like gotten really successful in TV, and then they come back to the fucking gym. Yeah, and it's like, all right, bitch, let's see what you got. You know. Yeah. And then he just destroy. I mean, like a fair kill. It wasn't like the guy from TV. It was just fucking. I mean, we were just like. I don't yeah. even. I want. I want this to not go well for you. It just could not have been sharper. I said that to Jim Jeffries one time. He goes, uh, "I was like, I was like, hey man, I saw your one of your, your most recent special." He's like, "Oh yeah, I, saw, I fucking loved it, and I did not want to like it." Yeah. And, and he goes, "Why didn't you want to like my special?" And I went, "Cool, I didn't mean for that to slip out." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I just you know. It, 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 but I, you know, it's. Like I think you, that's an even bigger compliment. Yeah, but I walked. You started it, at a deficit, and you overcame my. He immediately is first words out of her mouth out of his mouth was a joke and i was like on his special that's the biggest mistake comics make yeah is they go out and they're like what's up it's so good to be here yeah i used to come here when i was a little kid this is my like this is yeah so great to see you guys what's up you know like uh like let's uh, uh, like what's it um what's the word when you what's the word when you not acclimate acquaint ourselves yeah and and i and i i and I think every one of my friends thought I was overthinking it. Yeah. But I was like, when I do my special, it's the sh- comedy. Sh- the show should start pretty quickly. Yeah. Like it should come out and go, thank you. Yeah. Let's begin. This is exciting. Like, I don't think you. I don't think that there. There's a bunch I could share. I shot at my special in Philly. There's a bunch I could share about my connection with that town and how much I love that town and how my mom grew up there and my grandmother still lives there and it's all edited I'm, out. I'm editing right? yeah. it. In yeah. My head. Yeah. Or I could just go. Here we go. Because most people that are watching it aren't in Philly. The biggest mistake people make when they do specials is they think... The theater matters. That 
it has no fucking connection it's to the so, show. It's so, I, I just keep going smaller and smaller and smaller. My, I shot my last two specials in LA so I can sleep in my own bed. Did you really? Yeah, so that I can That's get my crew brilliant. and sleep in my own bed. Literally, no one has ever watched a special and been like, but where did they shoot it? How many seats? Never. That in is fact, so... what people actually do is they watch it and they're like, why am I looking at this audience? I don't want to see this guy's Nike shirt in the front row. Get me back to yeah. the comic I'm watching. And why are these wide shots showing off the Chicago theater? I do not give a fuck what you know it's like why so i think that's that, when our ego gets into it when you're right. like 3500 seats we shoot the our specials for other comics sometimes definitely yeah i i i i was told by everyone to wear a shirt on this last one i was like i have never done stand up with a shirt on now in fucking like 10 years i can't start no i gotta i gotta why? i gotta slow roll myself into it why and it's also like i don't know i just like i think about like in 10 years from now when you look back you're gonna be like i wish i had just done what my gut told me to do I don't think giving notes for each other. It's just it's it's what I do is too different than what you do. You know, I can't tell you how to perform on stage. And once you start getting in the conversation in your head of like, what do other comics think of this bit? Ugh, gone. I lost a good two years of writing just for comics. And not for what I thought was funny and what people would have thought were funny. As a very I was like, I just want to be as edgy as possible. I just want to make sure the like guy in the back of the room knows not to fuck with me after this set. Like that's why I wrote for the longest time, and it just was such a waste. What kind of timeline are you giving your, on yourself to get this special ready? <sighs> I really, I just think there's so many specials right now that I don't want to just put out another it's a special. Great time for a female to put a special out. Yeah, that is what is fucking popping. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, with, I mean. I think it's I just think there's so much pressure It's gotta be fucking I just don't want it to be like Here's a bunch of jokes Like I want it to sort of be I have a whole thing that I'm doing And I have to wait for something To get built to do it Which is You'll see what it is It's ridiculous um, But uh, but yeah I just really wanted to I wanted to feel um, Special And not just kind of Here's all the jokes I'm doing right now Yeah so. I have one joke I want to put out right now I just have one uh, joke Me too I have, the, I have one joke Where I'm like Where I'm like I don't wanna I almost wanna stop telling it so that I'm excited to you tell do it, it on a talk show or something. Yeah, but then party is like that's what who's yeah. going to see that? I might as well yeah. just film it myself yeah, and put but it with up your, on YouTube. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, but with social media now and stuff, you can. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so that is what's so frustrating. It's like, what do I do? Wait, and there's some stuff that I'm doing in clubs that's working, but I'm kind of like, ah, uh, in six months, is this going to be like? Yeah, that, good? that is that is the weird. That's that part of it. I like. Part of me goes. There's got to be stuff that Burr writes or, or Rogan writes that's so quick and topical. But they do it on the. That's that why like, I think get it, it up on air. I think it would be good. I mean, the thing that does appeal to me about doing a podcast is like stuff that's topical. I can just get it out of my system and not wait eight months to put it yeah. in a special, and then I can just focus on the special being sort of more evergreen stuff. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see it. I'll, I'm going to get you out of here because we've been here forever. I, yeah, I and love I feel you horrible. I could, I could literally. I just feel like I'm being boring. I could, I could talk to you forever. I really could. You're not boring, and you're one of the most interesting people in the game. Like you're, you're very diverse. And I, I'm not joking when That's I say so this. Kind. It's like very easily when I left travel or when I got fired from travel, and I started succeeding in podcasting and stand up. And I realized what was I wasting my time in television for? There was a solid year where I was like, no television for me. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm done with that. I'm yeah. done. It doesn't pay enough, and I, I don't care. Yeah. And then recently, I started thinking to myself, it's okay to have aspirations. Do it on your terms. That's all. Yeah. Just I'm gonna do it on my terms. Yeah. And I and I and and I thought I've thought about you a bunch because you've done so much. Like that's so much like doing your own shows doing your own movie writing your own book 
super uh, show running shows that big sh- network shows doing their own specials like I, that I, part of me goes like I can't wait to get ki- and I want and I want like the something's burning we did with Michael Rappaport oh, coming yeah. out soon it's fucking awesome I've been texting with him he's like what happened to that thing he we rescued did a, he saved a fucking plane full of people did you know that a plane yeah some guy tried to open the emergency door and Michael Rappaport attacked him I'm not certain about that but that's what I think happened. is that true I think so google it I don't um, think he was trying to open the door. I think he just, just like freaked out. So, um, but <laughs> no, I'm just saying, Michael. Michael, I love him so much, but he'll attack yeah. anybody for any reason. <laughs> I was just talking bad. That about. was really cool. Like, I, honestly, you really inspired me that day for a couple reasons. Um, number one, you were late, which I loved. <laughs> I was like, show up late to your own taping. Like that is a plus power move. I was like, damn, Bert Kreischer. Like, I was late and I was drunk. No, <laughs> that's right. From you, I just got off a plane. I just landed off a plane. I was like, I showed up late and late drunk. Late and drunk to his own special. And it really helped me because I was like, look, we can, I, like, I can, you know. I, I was like, I was like, I can't believe they're fucking early. And <laughs> I'm always early. I know. It's so embarrassing. Michael, Michael Rappaport, whose name I'm still pronouncing wrong, yeah. was losing. You kept it. saying Rappaport. It's Rappaport. Rappaport. You were saying it like with an an, fl- an accent. And he goes, bro, that's not my name. And I was like. <laughs> well, no, then, but you did something that was really, I think for me, whenever I meet somebody that I'm a fan of, I pretend like I've never heard of them or something because yeah. I don't want to make them uncomfortable or like yeah. be like, you know, like um, unctuous or something. And you just were like, hey, dude, I'm a fan. It is so cool to meet you. Oh, that's my, that I would say. That's my biggest strength and my biggest weakness. Really? Is I love shit. I love loving shit. I love loving stuff. But that everyone loves hating stuff and it was so refreshing that you just went up to him like fucking human to human and you're like, man, I'm such a fan. Thank you for doing this. Uh, so you I'm weren't trying to pretend like you were above it. Like, I'm a I just huge fan was, of yours. That's man, so... I, honestly, it's like, kind. it's like you know that True Broke Girls wasn't written for me. But I watched it all the fucking time because I was like, oh, that's my friend's show. Uh, Kat Denning is one of my favorite. She's, she's unreal. Favorite. Favorite. Every favorite. I only met her because you decided to create a show and fucking she got cast in it. No. And now she's got a fan because of you. But uh, like, I, but I love shit. I love loving shit. But I like think when I met is, Rogan, I was a huge fucking fan yeah, of Rogan's. And when yeah. I met him. Like, and I'd said, I've said this a lot and I would never suggest anyone doing this, but the first time I met him, he opened the door to his house and I was just like, bro, huge fan. I need to see your deprivation tank. I want to meet your dogs. I want to get high and then we can do a podcast. What did he say? And he was like, he was, now that I know him, he was like, uh, okay. Um, all right, come on, man. Like, very, very, very welcoming, but like. All right, uh, uh, come on, let's. And he showed me the deprivation yeah. tank. We went out. I met his dogs. Yeah. We went back, got high. Now sat, that you know him, you now know, I that, know that, that was, like, I was brutal like, for him. <laughs> but he's so like it's interesting. Like now that I know him, I don't know. He with his friends, he's so ride or die though. Yeah, he's all, now. If yeah. you're like, I want to sit like he, it, you know. But he's good with fans. Like the wait, he's great with fans. I he's get, better than fans with me because I give them way too much. He just gives them just what no. They but need. he handles it with such grace. Like because yeah. for me, I start feeling pressure, and I think maybe because I wrote a book that's really personal, and like I talk about personal shit. People come up to me and they're like, "Hey, I have a UTI," and I and like in airports, and I'm like, uh, like people tell me their deepest darkest <laughs> secrets all the time. They'll be like, "I just puked in the bathroom because I'm bulimic," and I'm like. <laughs> Okay, like I get really personal shit and I don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And I feel like all this pressure to like fix them and save them and I don't know what they need from me and I just, I kind of shut down and freak out. 
and uh, and also being a girl traveling alone, it's just like, yeah. and then guys try to be like, it's not only guys, but I think guys get embarrassed that they know me, and so they'll come up to me and they'll just be like, hey, I don't really know you, but my girlfriend loves you, so can we just take a photo? And then yeah. it makes me feel like I'm some kind of burden on them. Like, I just have a hard time in general. Well, we forget. Rogan's been famous for 25 That's years. That's so weird. He's been famous. I forget since that. Since when I was in college. Because like, when he was on news radio? News radio was like, I know Huge. that everyone says it was like, oh, they were waiting season to season. But like, I remember watching it when I graduated when I was 26 years it's old. It's a big show. Watching it and going like, going like. Oh my god, this show's amazing! Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. One of my, it's one of the best. See, I don't know that show sitcom. very well. It's Isn't one of the weird? best written sitcoms. Phil Hartman is fucking Ugh. amazing. Yeah, Phil Hartman and Andy Dick are like insanely hilarious in every fucking scene. And so, I mean, like, and then Fear Factor, and then well, that was fucking huge. I was like, that was a dude. People. People, I know that Joe had a hard time explaining to audiences that he could do Fear Factor and be a comic, or there was like a transition. I, I don't. Well, now he does MMA, Joe, and like, that's a, yeah. Like Fear Factor was a cultural movement. I remember being on TV when Fear Factor came out, yeah, and the grips and the fucking cameramen were talking about but it. But you realize there was no back then. There was no Bachelorette. There Nothing. was no like all these they had shows. Just come out with Survivor. Yeah. And then fear and people, up. strangers were eating bugs on TV. And they're like, bro, they're eating, they're drinking fucking blood. Mule cum. And yeah. you're like, what? Before Jackass, before any of that shit. But way before. And yeah. you forget that that was like a, and, and, and I think people also forget that he had the rug pulled out from him entirely by the industry. When the Carlos shit went down, Carlos tried to destroy him. Tried to destroy him. I didn't lost know his that. agent. Lost his. Then lose his manager. I didn't lost know his that. agent. Let, like the store banned him. Carlos took. Carlos. Carlos's biggest mistake. By the way, I don't like that I'm talking about this only because I don't know all of this for certain. I'm just telling you from my perspective. Yeah. Carlos's biggest mistake was his ego. He believed he was bigger and always would be bigger and than everyone. I remember he, one time, and Carlos has been nothing but nice to by me. By the way, I only met him one time. He's a very sweet guy. He's very fucking nice. It's confusing. But I remember one time, and I'm not the only person this happened to, where I was headlining, and this was back when I didn't headline my, you know, I was like, for me to yeah. headline the Addison Improv was a fucking huge deal. So, yeah, me too. <laughs> and he stopped by and asked to do a guest set in front of the headliner and did like 40 minutes. Is I think his biggest mistake, which is by the way, great for the crowd. Yeah. They they get a great show and they don't you know they're sitting through this child who is you know headline. But it's it's like it's so weird to me to not think of if you're a comic to not think of the impact that has on the comic. It's I mean it's equivalent to what Amy did to that kid where she just walked up and goes he's headlining. She goes hey, and he's like twelve minutes in. She's like can I? It's Amy Schumer. Can I just get on stage real quick? And the kid walked out 12 minutes off his set. She did like 15 minutes and then brought him back up. And you're just like, I mean, that's, it's hubris. It's like where you go, like, like, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't mean to trash Carlos. I don't think that anyone, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's good for anybody, but like he, he went about it going, I'll destroy you. And not realizing the resiliency Joe had. By the way, I don't think anyone fucking remembers this. No one listening to Joe right now really remembers what it was like to be a comic, to watch him on news radio, watch him on Fear Factor, watch him stand up for comics, then hear what happened. I remember going, I went to Aspen that year and and they were like, people just were like, fuck Joe Rogan, Carlos, is, that's the way, that's the, way the, the business works. He lost his fucking agent. His agent fired him. 
because he did that videotape. And Joe was like, no, he's a thief. How can you guys support a thief as opposed to a guy standing up for comics? And wow. Joe lost, I mean, Joe was banned from his home, the store. Banned from the store. I didn't realize he was banned. He was banned from the store. He didn't perform the store for like I seven years. I remember because that's when I started and I remember that video happened and Carlos was going up doing an hour every night. And he started his podcast. And by the way, this is why I'm a ride or die motherfucker for Joe for my whole life. I mean. He started his podcast on his own. No one. No him, one. him and Red Band. Still. He still fucking books it himself. Yeah, he, they did it together and it turned into what it turned into because of joe yeah 100 percent. and 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 and, joe, his, and his willingness i think he set the template is it template or template temp, i've never known know. template templars temp, <laughs> tempe uh, yeah. improv i'm actually there this weekend um that he built an empire not only on his own fucking talent and brilliance and curiosity and playing to the top of everybody's intelligence including his own but also supporting comics dude He's one of the only guys I know who's like, yes, I'm going to help you, and that doesn't threaten me. It doesn't threaten you, and I want you to succeed. That's I right. Want you to, I truly. Bro, he, when I, when I, there's a lot of shit that no it's one's like, like that. that. Joe would, Joe would just go, hey, you don't need to tell everyone all that shit. He's like Burr's like that. Burr's yeah. like real, like, eh, man, I, whatever I can do to help. When my special came out on Showtime, we did the end of the world podcast yeah. at the store. Uh, me, Stanhope, Burr. Rogan mm -hmm. and Greg Fitzsimmons. I think people forget Greg was there that he got high and he had to leave because <laughs> he got too high. And and we did that. And the and Joe opened the special, opened that thing by saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, this is one going to be one of the biggest podcasts in the country at the time because it's four fucking three really star comics and me yeah. and or four and me." And he goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, he, this is how he opened it. His sp Showtime special airs this weekend on Showtime. It's called The Machine. Put your hands together for The Machine, Burke Reicher. He could have just done that." The very next day, after having just podcasted with me for four hours, he puts me on his podcast again to promote my special. And he's like, dude, we're going to pump the shit out of this. That's, n name a comic. No, I can't. I can't. I can't name a talk show host, a casting director, I, a parent who would support someone that much. He's been like that. Like even It doesn't. Even he's one of the only, it's interesting because he's so educated about scarcity and how the amygdala works and how neurology works yeah. yet he doesn't perceive any threats among other comics no he doesn't there's no scarcity to, uh to to like an extreme yes he really wants and if you're everyone a cunt, to win he just sniffs it out also smart because it, it really is very joe is many things and i think rational is one of them yeah like he's very fair and he's very just and i think he understands that like there's no way mathematically if you get into the metrics that you doing amazingly well if tomorrow you made 50 million dollars and had t3 that would not hurt me in any way yeah. in fact it helps me um because it makes comedy cool and hot and ever you know so it's like the one thing I will say, which I, I sort of noticed afterwards and I wasn't able to see it while I was in it, it was like when I did that show at NBC, there were no comics that had shows at the time, certainly not multicams. None. You know, it was all actors d doing all the comedy jobs. And it was like this weird thing where, because it was, you know, Raymond and, and Kevin James and all those guys were getting all those deals out of Montreal and that kind of went away. And then it went into like single cam, like a bunch of actors being awkward and glib, which is what all those, you know, sort of shows were at the time, yeah. which are funny and I'm a fan of them. But like comics coming out, when it, you know, 
doing multicams wasn't really happening. No. And then, you know, I see the show, whatever, we did 40 something episodes. That's, I don't see that as a failure, but it was, then all of a sudden people were getting shows and someone came up to me in the comedy store and were like, you started that. And I don't think I started it, but something happened in the business where they were like, oh, right, comedians should be stars of sitcoms. That's yeah. what television's built on. I think it just kind of reminded everybody. It's, I'm telling you, it's, you know, and, like it helps when, when a comic does well, everybody wins. Like, you know, the ships rise with the. I think that's, that's, look at all the people Joe's put on and, and I mean, and really have kind of blossomed myself massively included. Yeah. Is he just puts you on and just lets you be you for three hours yeah. and fucks with you, breaks your balls. Yeah. Uh, sometimes says shit, like sometimes it'll be too real. Yeah. Sometimes it'll get yeah. fucking way too crazy. Sometimes you're, you're. Twitter at replies be I he was so sweet with like I mean because last time I went on there we were talking about the Me Too movement and and all this kind of stuff and um and I I don't talk about it much it's in the book uh just I don't keep it a secret um but um you know I've as any woman has dealt with a bunch of sexual assault stuff and so I was really raw at the time and was sort of talking about my point of view of, of what I think and yeah, it was a really healthy interesting dialogue no disrespect at all but like the comments I was getting from men online were so gnarly like I was like scared and um he called me that night and was like d- like he just said exactly what I needed to hear and was so gentle and cool about it. He's like, do you want me to take it down? Do you want me to say something? Like, I was like, no, please. But he was just so gracious and so, He's the best. so unnecessary. He yeah. so did not need to do that. Like went out of his way. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I, I, I mean, uh, you, I don't think you're, you're maybe, oh, I'm sure I, I'm sure I'll say something bad about him. Let's see if I can think of something. And also bad. he'll defend <laughs> comics. Like, you know, like, and I feel bad cause I think I did say something out of turn. I don't know Owen Benjamin, like what he's doing right now. <laughs> Wait, he just had a video about you. I know. And I haven't seen it. And I have, Wait, you I, haven't watched it. No. What did, I just, was it? I, I started watching it. It was too long. I don't want to know. And no, I, don't, I think it's, I think it's, Good. I hear it things. Looks like it's good. I don't know. Don't please the comment. I saw one thing on his Instagram because he tagged me, and someone said something about my face, and I was like, I just shouldn't even get into this. But like, it was what? just that's so bizarre. Reading comments about me on about your face, you're beautiful. That thank you. Like, but that's I, fucking ridiculous. Like, that's they, so they, nice. They, they thank say something you. about my double chin. I go, okay, you nailed it. <laughs> Fuck. I no, did gain was, weight. And I don't know what's going on. Owen and I were friends. I mean, we we're totally buddies back in the day. And I have nothing but love for Owen. But I think he's, you know, I whatever he's doing, I don't even know. I hear things. Yeah. But, um, you know, we were talking about it. And, like, Joe's the first person to be like, you know what? Sometimes people, you know, like, he'll sympathize with, you know, the people that everybody wants to attack. And he's so gracious and classy about it, you know? Yeah, like, look, I love Owen. I'll always love Owen. He's I don't really know what's going on. I made a joke, not a joke even, on Theo's podcast and I was just like isn't he a white supremacist now because that's what people keep telling me yeah. but I shouldn't have said that because I, I haven't seen his tweet so I don't know no he's he's just look he's sometimes you go on tilt I like he, he, <laughs> what does it go off the reservation <laughs> fucking the wheels come off but once that's I mean I do think that like there's this thing now with Twitter like and into all this stuff like it's you and I see myself doing it like I you know, whatever gets you attention, you might keep doing. That's human nature. You know, like yeah. I on Instagram this weekend, I was it was 117 degrees. I was in my bathing suit in my pool. You got a lot of views. I mean, uh, <laughs> my, a lot of I views. never let my boobs out. They're it never got a out. A lot of views. God, can I tell you secret time? I fucking saw that and I was like, I want tits. That was fucking un, like three hundred ninety thousand views when I looked. 
I was like, wait, I, it's so funny because I only saw you because I, I talk about your do- dog so much. I only saw the dogs and I thought, I swear to God, I thought, how did she get her dogs in the pool? I want to get Priscilla in the pool. And then I was like, oh yeah, you would want to make sure you, the dog knows how to get yeah, out. That's yeah. a, and then I was like, wait, 390,000 views. I think at the time when I looked and I was like, for a dog training video? And then I went, oh, oh. she's also fucking hot as shit in a fucking bikini. Oh, I never show my body, my boot. Like it's just I'm a comic, and that's what I do. And da, da, da. And I was in a bit, and I, I, and I had like some side boot, and I think that my side boob is so unsightly. It looks like a unsightly. Uns- my side boob is it, unsightly. It is, <laughs> but it's you know, like on the, and it was like all pudged out, and it looked like my my um my shoulder looked just like a weird vagina. And so I was like, oh, I shouldn't post this. And it was like, okay, that's what you need to do to get likes. All those, uh, all those photos of me and at the improv doing stand up, not doing so well. 32,000 view, uh, likes on the 139,000 views on the dog training video. 39, 32,000 likes on, on the boob one, on the dog picture with you and your dogs. And by the way, can I tell you that mm-hmm. these are my, these are my independent thoughts. Yes. The one of you, sh- uh, uh, filling up with gas. I love that picture. 31,000 views. Yeah, I'm wearing a sports bra. Yeah, it looks great, but I thought, all I thought was, wait, did, is she driving with someone in the car? Did someone take <laughs> yeah, that picture? Yeah, was Because I was me. like, my wife takes the like, worst took fucking picture. Yes, I had, I had somebody with me and I screamed at him to do it in portrait mode to get it good. You, Vin <laughs> Diesel, no bikini, 3,000 views. I mean, brutal. Brutal. What, uh, I so, so, so I guess what I was saying is like sometimes we we have. Oh, to... Oh, I love the American flag bikini you were wearing. Thank I wanted. You. I had so many questions about that trip. Really? Yeah, because I was like, wait, where is she? It looked like you were Lake in... Arrowhead. Uh, a lake. Yeah. I'm a lake person. I'm not a beach person. I like lakes. All America. Lake and I think too. that this year, like, there were so many people that were like, America's in a tough time. I'm like, I'm wearing my fucking American flag bikini. I'm patriotic. Like, we can still celebrate. I love when you clean your closet. I love when you oh clean your closet. I, you're the king of fucking Instagram. I don't know what I'm doing on that. Not there. even remotely. You're great am, at it. I am you're t- great I at it. I got a lot of hate today because I showed my guns and my, like my legit firearms. I like a... F- that is, I mean, intense. I oh, mean, motherfucker. Netflix is dropping 47 comedy specials on the same day. No, it's please. 47 sets. Oh. It's not specials. I was like, please don't be on the date. Mine comes no, out. No, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. To finish my point, we're really just in like random stoner conversation. Oh, um, no. I, I was think... just saying we keep doing like, and now I'm kind of like, maybe I should go for a swim and take a picture. I'm like, no, don't. You fucking sell out. Like, don't uh, do all that. All I do is speedo videos because... But then I stopped doing them because people were like, people were like, enough, Bert, enough. I was already telling you I wanted to shoot a promo video of uh, for your Tempe date this weekend and shoot it and give it to you. But I was, trying, I've been thinking about it all day because I'm like, I, I, I could do something with that. my daughters and then like them going something something gotta sell 3,000 tickets I've Tempe's big Tempe's huge it's a big walkout though I, yeah right, let's, let's end on that we gotta get you out of here uh, um, I'm, I'm gonna talk to you for two minutes after this yeah no but let's... and then right now you're gonna hear me read by the way I will tell you this right now what are you gonna read I, I'm reading the, the excerpt of your book which one the about eating the disorder oh god no it's, it's not an excerpt it's a chapter it's a chapter I'm going to read the chapter. We're going to put it on here. Now, I want to do a preface to you. Okay. Is I'm not a good out loud reader. And so... Why don't you just play my audiobook? Nope, I read it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's going to take you six days. Nope. You're going to get carpal tunnel of Here's the face. Here's why. Here's why. Is my audiobook outperformed my book 
in leaps and bounds. It's yeah, still yeah, on the yeah, charts yeah. because I can't read good out loud. And so the comedy that is inherent in is <laughs> me you. not reading. Fuck. So we're going to read about your abortion. By the way, I recorded the audiobook the first day I went in and I was booked for eight hours. I left after 40 minutes. I was like, fuck this. Fuck. I, I got angry and I started crying because it was so, I was like, I wrote this. Why can't, and that, and yeah. like I just had such a hard time with it. I'll, I'll, we're going to start with me reading it. And if it doesn't work out good, my wife will read it. <laughs> Because we can have Isla read it. She's dyslexic. Are you going to video yourself reading it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Will you make yeah, sure yeah. that I own, oh, ha- own that video? Of course. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if, I, if it gets to a point where I'm like, this is not as funny as I thought it would be, I'm going to have Leanne read it. She'll read it. She's a really good out loud reader. Um, but yeah, my, my audio book, it took me 27 hours to read five hours. A five-hour audio book took me 27 hours to no, read No, I went in six days oh yeah i went in for five hours a day six hours a day it took me fucking i cried there's a chapter where i cry and Uh, i was emotional about the book because i'm talking about emotional things but i also was just so frustrated that i was crying well i can't wait we i just ordered the book on kindle while you were on your phone call no thank you so uh i'm excited to read it i'm really excited to read it about all parts it's but it's also it's like your thing about how before when you said the book didn't you know perform the way that you wanted to when it first came out mine came out the day of the vegas shooting it's like yeah. there's second third lot you know it's like there's oh yeah you know it's a lot books are a long game i feel like Secret you know time, you sell them at shows do you sell them after your shows oh excuse me Secret time, i'll tell you about it it's really interesting are you not allowed to talk about it i can't talk about it yet but i will i'll tell you about you it you should have a billion how to be a man books uh, I think I'm so not a man. Not, do you know what I mean? I don't mean that. Yeah. I mean like how to own a gun, how to do it. Like you would just be so. F- <laughs> okay. Let's stop By talking way, about that's that. What, no, that's what my next. I have a bit about buying a gun on my next special. Okay, sorry. Like, I'm working on. No, 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 sorry. no, no, no. It's there's no stepping on it. But you're so right. But I think I'm the man I am is so fucking bad at everything. But that's what's great about it because yeah. I think that there's this impossible, I just like there's an impossible standard of beauty for women, there's this impossible standard of manhood for men yeah. and to where men are constantly being made f- to feel insecure because they're not Rogan or they can't do MMA or they can't hunt. I got insecure posting the video of my fucking gun next to my bedside. I, I didn't even realize it's in there. My bedside's such a mess. Yeah. I have two guns and someone's like, bro, you have, what are you, a detective? But it's like, like <laughs> you have guns next to your bed? Are you Bruce Willis? <laughs> like, are you a private dick? <laughs> but I think that it's like, it I just would love to hear a man say like I have guns and but I don't really know which one like just to sort of show your humanity and like parenting like a a book about parenting from a man like you would be I'd get that for everyone for Christmas that's so funny that's the one when I went to talk about my first book deal that's the one thing they go we'll buy anything except for a book of parenting I went really and they go every comic thinks they know how to parent and they're all horrible parents and I went, I was like, okay. Yeah, but but that was back when you didn't, you couldn't back it up with the authentic, constant, you know, uh, uploading that we do now. Yeah. So it sort of is like before there was more mystery, but it's oh, like now people really see you with your daughters and stuff every day. This is the, we'll end on this. I got to get you the fuck out of here. I know. Here. It's your, well, how many, how long I have we been going? He's so bad. Um, so this was here. I'll tell you the last thing. Okay. So this we'll was do a part this two. was my cold open. Yeah. That I wanted to write yesterday. Yeah. I go to get fried chicken with my daughter Isla, who is not want to be in the car, right? Yeah. And she's sitting in the front of my car, and she is taking her shoes on and off and putting her feet on my dashboard. Yeah. And I go, hey. Like in my head, I my kids have a disrespect for private property. Right, right. They just don't realize that this car costs money. Yeah. And they're just putting their feet all. I go, don't put your fucking feet on the fucking dashboard. Yeah. And she goes, why? I go, because that's my dashboard. 
She goes, I'm trying to get my shoes on. I go, put them on regular. She goes, it's easier this way. I go, put your foot on that dashboard one more time and I'll break your fucking nose as a joke, right? And she goes, looks at me and no dashboard. And, and the pilot, I want to do all of that. But as she does, I want the airbag to go off and I want her knee to break great, her nose. Great, great. <laughs> that was, that as, was, as I was a, immediately I was like. A plus cold yeah. open. A plus. <laughs> and, then, and then you have to take her to the fucking doctor and you're like, oh shit. I was putting my thing. He said he's going to break That's my great. fucking nose. It's great. Um, Excellent. Uh, hopefully they still have a Girl Scout meeting going on in there and I can walk you by the Girl Scouts. Is there a Girl Scout meeting in your I'm house right now? I'm almost certain. I'm almost fucking certain. That is... I I cannot get into there fast enough to see this. Okay. All right. I don't think I've ever seen a Girl Scout Thank meeting. you for doing this, Whitney. No, I, I, my pleasure. Awesome. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.